Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Griffin Bass. We're with you until they kick us off the air in favor of uh, the jerks that do the Simply the Bets program. That's all on the way this morning. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to preview the Buccaneers. Normally not something we do on Tuesday. We don't typically look ahead to the opponent on Tuesday. But, you know, normally the Ravens aren't playing on Thursday. So we start to try to kick into game week gear as uh, Ian Beckles, former Buccaneer. He's got a podcast now called In the Trenches. He was a longtime radio host in Tampa. I know he just uh, moved on from that role, but he's got a podcast called uh, In the Trenches that uh, covers the Buccaneers, so we will chat with him about them as they appear to be a mess. It looks like the Ravens are getting them at the right time, or at least that's what we think. I also know how the NFL works, and that's still Tom Brady, and I'm not stupid. I I don't feel good about this on Thursday night, but we'll talk about that with Ian Beckles. It's Tuesday. We will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. I can't imagine that Gus Edwards is still available in your league locally. I just don't think that's likely. Although he was available in one of my leagues. I added him last week. Yeah. I was thinking like on, on, I was on very proud of myself. On Saturday, I want to say, I looked up and I was like, wait, Gus Edwards is still available? Okay, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, but we'll talk about some of the other options. Are we adding Miko Hardman? Like Oof. he had a ton of points, but it was only on a few touches. Um, are, we, are we adding... Daniel Jones if we're in quarterback hell? I think you I, have to. I don't know. I don't think he's going to run for 100 yards every game. I don't think that's the case. So well, I got a lot of lot of reasonable questions. I, I, I was hoping that Bailey Zappi was going to be my answer. And, you know, for a, a couple of drives there last night, I was like, yeah, you see, this is why it was so stupid that he tried to play Mac Jones again. And then that kind of went to hell in the second half. So I don't know what the Patriots are going to do moving forward. I have no idea who's going to be their quarterback, and that means Bailey Zappi probably isn't my answer. We'll see what happens when Axel Hoyer gets back. Yeah, I don't think that's going to have anything to do with it. Okay. I don't think well. that will play a role whatsoever with uh, the the Patriots and their decision. Um, anyway, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that with Joe Serpico, Pressbox Fantasy Football Expert. Today's show brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Reserve yours right now, ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE, and you'll save $100 when you do. Not going to be another Ravens home game for a while, but when they do get back home in a month, you should stop by the Game Day Firehouse, 1202 Ridgely Street, just west of the stadium, and sample some cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Register to win your own and $500 worth of grilling meats. Um, I, you guys are just going to keep doing this, and I I don't know what to tell you. Th- this is a really tricky thing. I don't know what to say to you because it just feels like every day you're just going to keep, and I said yesterday to Jeremy, the best way I can explain it is it's boring. It's boring your obsession over the idea of firing the offensive coordinator. It's not just, uh, you know, absurd it's boring it, it's it's all you've ever done it's all you ever know whatever guy you want to fire right now when there's a new one you're going to want to fire that guy too you just do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again it's boring it's i don't know it's it's sad in a way it's pathetic i don't know what you want to call it 
You're obsessed with it. You're obsessed with the idea that if someone else just calls the plays, everything will be fixed. All the problems will be fixed. The Ravens will be the greatest team in the history of football if you just have someone else call the plays. Well, who? I don't know. T. Martin, as I pointed out, whose offensive coordinator experience was being so disastrous at USC that he had his play calling right stripped from him. Which doesn't mean I don't think T. Martin couldn't be a good... Maybe he could. Who knows? Maybe there's some world in which T. Martin could be given a different opportunity and it could work. But the idea that you think that's the answer is bizarro land. It's bizarro land that you're obsessed with firing the offensive coordinator of the number six scoring offense in the NFL. Do you understand how stupid that sounds? You can't define it. You do anything in your power to come up with a way. Well, but Lamar is stagnant, and the offense is stagnant, and if you take away two games out of the seven, then they haven't scored as many points. I, yeah, you're probably right. When there's only seven games, it's a small sample size. The two where they scored the most, I don't know. What, what if you took away the two where they scored the least? Then what they, would they be averaging? We can all do this. We can, we can make the math as fuzzy as we want to make it. We can play with funny money, baby. We're all, we can all do these things. The number four, by the way, they did go down from three to four, number four DVOA offense and the number six scoring offense in football. And your answer is the offensive coordinator needs to be fired in the middle of the season. In the middle of the season. And again, I, I said this during the postgame show on Sunday. I think what happened in 2012 really ended up hurting us more because we believe it can it can just work that way. You can just fire a coordinator whenever you want, and the next guy will go win you a Super Bowl. When the overwhelming evidence in the history of football is the opposite of that. But the one that we... The one time we think about it is that. Of course, nobody ever refers to what happened when the Ravens fired Jim Fossil in the middle of a season. That's always the one we go to. We always go to, but what about 2012? I saw our friend Aditi Kinkabwala, for example, brought that up um, this morning from CBS, and she referenced it, in, but not in terms of the Ravens, in terms of, the Steelers and um, Matt Canada, who I know they don't care much for out there, the former Maryland interim football coach who's been their offensive coordinator. And I have no idea what that would look like if they had a different offensive coordinator, nor do I care. I couldn't tell you what the Steelers like are doing. I, I'm, I don't think they have a very good offense, but something tells me it probably has something to do with not having a quarterback. Like, I'm just going to guess. I, I'm not saying that Matt Canada is a quality offensive coordinator. I have no idea if Mike, Matt Canada is a good offensive coordinator. Or yeah, not. My, I don't my, know. my one friend who's a st- big Steelers fan, he tells me that they're s- they do the same formula every like and that's three what plays. I, that's what I hear yeah. from the Steelers constantly. But I don't I don't watch yeah. enough, to, and I don't again. Nor do I care. Right? Like right. not our concern. <laughs> Uh, we have we have our own concerns here. My concern is not the Steelers. If if Matt Canada is making them worse, I hope they hold on to him for forever. <laughs> like may may they never have another offensive coordinator. But it's worth pointing out the Pittsburgh Steelers have the thirty first scoring offense in the NFL. So it would make sense for them to think that the problem 
is the offense. That makes sense. That's logical. Like, you have to have a conversation. You have to look, do some soul searching, figure out what the problem is. The Ravens have the number six scoring offense in the NFL. Again, I get it. You don't like me bringing that up because it doesn't fit with your narrative that the entirety of the Ravens' problems is the offensive coordinator. And you do everything in your power. My guy, Steven, who I like. I even like some of these people that I fight with all the time. My guy, Steven, this morning was literally trying to tell me, well, you got, if you just take away the Miami game. No! No! When you played seven games, everything is a, is a significant portion of the sample size. Look, if you get to the end of the year and the Miami game stands as the outlier, then the averages are going to go down because over 17 games, one game can't continue to bring it up. You'll get your answer. You're trying to speed ahead. Everyone is trying to speed ahead. It's the guy that called in about Sean Payton on the postgame show on Sunday. You're trying to speed ahead. We're acting like there's some sort of crisis in Baltimore that doesn't exist. The question that was posed to me was, do I have confidence in the Ravens' offense? Well, as a unit, yes, I do, because they're the number four DVOA and number six scoring offense in the NFL. Do I have confidence that the Ravens' offense can win a Super Bowl? No, but that's because I don't think they have quite enough pass catchers. And I think I said that in July probably said it in like june yeah well everything after the nfl draft after the marquise brown thing like everything after they traded away a wide receiver and said and we're not going to bother getting another one (laughs) we'll just go with what we got at that moment i said well wait a second this is a weird bit (laughs) you just don't think you need those guys all right okay that's your call i i can't force you to do anything you don't want to do um, leading into the draft, ironically, I was not talking about wide receivers at all. And we, in fact, joked when we did our weekly draft segments about how it was the first time in the history of the Ravens that we weren't leading every conversation with wide receiver. And then, sure enough, within moments, we found out that that probably should have been the conversation that we were having. But that's the reason why I don't have confidence. I, I've given you guys the best I'm going to give you. I don't understand why Greg Roman was brought back if they weren't going to run a Greg Roman offense. Now, on Sunday, it appeared as though they were trying to get back to something like a Greg Roman offense. And I don't know if you guys like that, because you guys don't like the Greg Roman offense. But in reality, that's the thing that makes the most sense. Why gut yourself at wide receiver and bring back Greg Roman if you weren't going to run a Greg Roman offense? So, you know, for the reality purposes... If that was what was happening on Sunday, was a course correction, was getting back to doing what Greg Roman does, that's quite a lot. That's quite logical. The idea of firing an offensive coordinator when you're four and four, or sorry, four and three. I'm giving them a loss on Thursday night, which is unfair. When you're four and three, you're in first place. You have the number six scoring offense in the NFL. Is utter insanity. Like, you need to get a hold of yourself. Your opinions of something don't get to outweigh fact. You fire a coordinator when something's bottoming out. 
you fire a coordinator when things are falling apart. You don't have to like it. I don't know what to tell you, but you can't change fact. Number four DVOA, number six scoring offense in the NFL. Those are facts. Those aren't Glenn's opinion. I mean, my opinion, I've said it a few times. I don't know that I think Greg Roman's a great offense coordinator. I think he does one thing really well, and it hasn't made sense what the Ravens have been doing this year because it's not the thing he does really well. But the facts are the facts. Both the offense they're putting up and the expected offense, which should be happening independent of opponents, say this is a really good offense. I get it. We all want to win every game 50 to nothing. It's the guarantee fairy that we want underneath our pillow. We don't want our daughter to be missing. It's got to be your bull, the whole thing. I get it. I, I mean, I trust me. I'd love that. I'd love if in week seven someone could give me a guarantee the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. It would make it a lot easier for me to decide that I should fly to Arizona and make plans around it, the whole thing. I, I, it would be wonderful if that were the case. It's, of course, not the case. That's not how things work. You have to play the season in order to get there, and we all know that. We just get restless. It's the nature of football. It's the nature of how much we care about football. It's the nature of, you know, the power the Ravens have over the city and the NFL has over this country. We are obsessed with getting the answers before we do the homework because we just care so much about it. There is nothing at the moment that's actually transpiring that suggests that the Ravens should, for any reason, fire their offensive coordinator. That's, it's, like, it's crazy when you look at the actual facts. Your opinion that you can't win a Super Bowl doing what the Ravens do with Greg Roman, that's a separate thing. And again, will be relevant at the end of the season, if they get to the end of the season, they don't win a Super Bowl, then the Ravens are going to have to look at that. And by the way, much like I don't think the facts suggested that you needed to move on from Wink Martindale, sometimes you do, even when an offense is clicking. Remember, it was working when Marty Morningweg was the offensive coordinator, but yet they moved on from him because they thought that doing something else was better. And at the end of the season... If they don't win the Super Bowl again, I think there will be an argument for moving on from Greg Roman. But you doing that in season is crazy. Doing that in season when things are going well is crazy. It's ludicrous. It's insanity. It's chaotic. If you were going to do that, you should have done that at the end of last season when you have an entire offseason for a play caller to get to figure out what they've got and to work with it and try to figure out what's best for the team moving forward. To suddenly throw in an element of chaos into a football team that is 4-3, and three, is in first place, is one of the most asinine things I've ever heard in my life. Like, I, I don't, 
think you guys understand how insane the suggestion is. What's not insane would be to say, hey, look, man, I, I don't think they're ever going to get there with Greg Roman, and I think at the end of the season they've got to figure out what they want to do moving forward. I, I agree. Truly, I agree with that thought process. I don't know. I can't tell you whether or not they're going to win a Super Bowl with Greg Roman as their offensive coordinator. I mean, as we've been pointed out plenty of times, Greg Roman was a play away from winning a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator 10 years ago. We keep pretending like this can't work. I mean, you know, Jimmy Smith gets called for pass interference in the end zone. I don't know. Maybe he's got a Super Bowl title. We, 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 I'm bored. I'm bored by it. And I get it. You're saying, Glenn, you're bored, but you just spent the entire... Because it's all anybody's talking about. It's all I get constantly is bombarded with this nonsense. But to be clear, you guys, what you fall back on is look at what happened 10 years ago, and a year later, you wanted that guy fired. A year later, you were desperate to get Jim Caldwell out of Baltimore. The guy that is your justification for why it's okay to fire a coordinator in season. It took you one year to want that guy fired. It's all we do. It's all we've ever done. And I get it. In the history of the Ravens, there have been some really bad offenses. I understand that. There's been justification a lot of times for wanting it. This, of course, has been the best offensive stretch in the history of the franchise, and we're still doing the same thing. Because it's what we know. All we've ever known is firing the offensive coordinator. It's in our DNA. It's in our blood. It's all we're capable of doing. We're not allowed to criticize the quarterback for missing the checkdowns. And we'll, we'll come up with eight attempts to wag the dog. We'll continue to move the goalposts at all moments to try to not criticize the quarterback over missing checkdowns. We're talking about checkdowns. That's not even the biggest problem. You're just trying to move the goalposts. That's it. It's gaslighting. Because you just want the answer to be one thing. Fire Greg Roman and, you know, step one, fire coordinator. Step two, question mark. Step three, question mark. Step four, question mark. Step five, win Super Bowl. I mean, that's what we, honest to God, believe not me, but many of us. Sounds like a good plan, though. I don't... Yeah, I mean, if it ends with winning the Super Bowl, yeah, who cares what the steps are in between? I, I am on board. I mean, like, if, if that football wizard, if it's Would You Rather Wednesday, and the football wizard comes by and says, I can't tell you who it's going to be, but you fire Greg Roman, you win the Super Bowl, I'm on board. Yes. <laughs> Go do that. Yes. But it's, it's, it's insane the way we talk about this. It's insane the way we've convinced ourselves that this is how things work or this is how things go or that, you know, you're a, you're a play caller. I, I guess your belief is that the Ravens should be the number one points per game team in the NFL, and if you just had a different play caller, they would definitely be that, despite the fact they don't have wide receivers. Like, is that is that the thing? Because then everybody told me that the reason why Lamar can't take checkdowns is because the offensive line was getting pushed back, so your belief is if somebody else calls the plays and the offensive line stops getting pushed back, is that is that what it is? Is that what it is? 
I'm going to I'm I'm going to move on. We're going to do other things, I promise. Just it's, it's it's unbelievable that we just every week no matter what happens, win, lose, tie, buy, whatever it is, same same chat. Fire the offensive coordinator. We're just going to we're 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 boring. We're uninteresting as a fan base. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. The best place to watch and bet on every game is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Same game parlay plus betting now available. You can put up to 25 legs on your same game parlay bet. And you can register a $25 Super Bowl futures bet to win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. FanDuel.com slash SB in AZ in order to find out more. Time for us to preview Thursday night. We don't normally start previewing opponents on Tuesday. That's that's definitely rare, but, you know, the Ravens are playing on Thursday night. The game's just two days away. Joining us now, he is a former Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman. He is the host of the In the Trenches podcast. He is Ian Beckles, and he's with us on GCR. Ian, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oop, I apologize. We will try to get that fixed. We gotta. We that's uh. We gotta get a new cord. That's gonna end up being uh, uh on my Christmas list. Is uh, we got a wonky cord that we're dealing with, and hopefully we will get that fixed. Let me try one more time. Ian, can you hear me? Okay. I hear you. Awesome. Hear me? I hear you. Great. Hey, thank you for taking the time for us, man. We really appreciate it. Um, I- Ian, I'm gonna ask it a simple. What What in the world is going on with the Buccaneers right now? Well, I mean, listen, I think as a Buccaneer fan, we've been spoiled the last couple of years. And if you remember before Tom Brady got here, it wasn't all that pretty. And if you're looking to see the way the Buccaneers have kind of developed this team the last couple of years, you know, we've lost some really good football players and we've had some key injuries. So people are asking what's wrong with the Buccaneers. My answer is they're just not that talented this year, unfortunately. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, obviously still a team that has Tom Brady, though, and still has Mike Evans. And I, I, I guess let me start with Tom Brady. It is, is this finally the year where it's catching up with him? Or, you know, would you say no? And watching him, he still looks fine. It's just that everything around him isn't working. Well, listen, uh, I, I watched Trent Dilfer, a buddy of mine, win a Super Bowl. And I watched Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl when he wasn't at his best. Is Tom Brady at his best at 45? Nobody is. Is Tom Brady good enough to quarterback a team to the Super Bowl right now? Yes, absolutely. But once again, they don't have enough around him. You know, when you go back to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady won uh, and beat Mahomes here at Raymond James Stadium, you know, Patrick Mahomes was the best football player on that field. But you can't do it yourself. So the offensive line is breaking down. The receivers aren't making the big plays. And really, there's not a lot of creativity in the play calling. So... Can't, you know, Tom can't do it himself, but he is he is showing his age a little bit, though. No, I, I understand what you're saying, and clearly uh, against the Panthers on Sunday, Mike Evans, of all things, right, one of the most reliable players in the NFL, um, let him down a bunch of times. Do, do, do you, one of the things I've always said, uh, Ian, and I don't know who said it first, I'm not trying to claim it was my thing, but like the hardest thing to do in sports is to stop losing. Has, has that become an issue with this franchise? Have they just things not going the way that they were supposed to go this season has it permeated at all has it has it spread has it become difficult to shake that with this group well i think if you go back to all the way in february to when tom retired and he came back and and then you look from that point to now there's just been a lot of things happen 
with the Buccaneers, and unfortunately, very few of them are, are positive. And then you talk about uh, is this stuff off the field affecting Tom Brady? Well, I don't know. I don't know how it can. You know, I went through a divorce myself a year ago, and it's on my mind. It, it has to be on your mind all the time. And then you know, you're going back to Tom's about things being normal, and I don't think no, anything's normal in his world right now. So yeah. he's in a funny. He's in a funny place, and the Buccaneers are in a funny place because. Their their leader, who's been one of the best leaders to ever play the game, is now maybe not 100% totally in. And I think it's rubbing off on the rest of the locker room as well. He is Ian Beckles, the In the Trenches podcast. He's with us here on GCR. Ian, to that point, obviously the other thing that happened this offseason was a coaching change, right? Like, has that... I, I I don't like the idea of blaming you know Todd Bowles for any of these things because you know I think he's a he's a quality coach but how how much of this falls on him? Well, it, it ultimately always falls on the coach first, then the quarterback. So it's going to fall on, on Todd Bowles ultimately. But I'll be honest with you, if Bruce Arians was a was a coach right now. I don't know if the Buccaneers you know record would be any different. It's it's about the foot. It's a play on the football field. The Bucks don't run the football well. The Bucks don't protect the passer well. They don't rush the they don't rush the passer well, and now they can't stop the run. And that's not an equation for anybody in this league to be successful. So you could blame Todd Bowles, but Todd Bowles doesn't tackle and he doesn't block either. All these things are fair. That's I mean, it's a very fair point. Their their inability to get things going in the the run game is is it just that they're not committing to it, Ian? Like, is it? Is it as simple as saying, hey, if they come out Thursday night and they're committed to attacking on the ground, that should start to help solve some of their problems? Well, this is something that's driving, it's driven me crazy for the last little while. The Buccaneers never really commit to the run game. And, you know, to be a good running team, it's about committing. And, you know, I was an old school uh, run first type of guy. And, you know, the Buccaneers don't have that mentality. And it's always been pass first. We got a 45-year-old quarterback throwing the ball 45 times a game, and I don't think it's a good equation. And even if you're winning, throwing the ball 45 times a game is just not the way you continuously win. So you want to throw the ball 30, run the ball 35. To me, that's the best equation for success. But the Buccaneers haven't established that at all this year. I mean, it's 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 certainly look. We've talked about it a lot up this way that um, I. I I can't imagine, even with Tom, I know it's Tom Brady. I just can't imagine having a 45 year old quarterback and saying, you know what we should do is throw more. <laughs> like, that, that would be the best way to go about doing things. Um, how much have they, they missed our old friend Ryan Jensen? How much of the, has that been a factor? I know you brought up the offensive line struggles, but, you know, he seems like such a stalwart for that group and, and a guy that was beloved up this way. How much has that been a factor? Well, I loved Ryan Jensen when everybody else disliked him. And when the Bucks were losing, and everybody's like, he's playing too dirty. I was like, man, you just leave Ryan Jensen alone. Eventually, you know, everybody else is going to start playing that way, and it started happening. And I thought Ryan Jensen was a great leader. But listen, Ryan Jensen is, is missed. Ali Marpet is missed. Ryan Kappa is missed. They lost uh, Dominican Sue and JPP on the other side. That's a lot of people in the trenches to think you can just kind of snap your finger and be as good as you were. So, I and mean, then that's to me, that's the root of the evil with the Buccaneers is they're just not as good inside anymore. All, all this being said, like, I'm still struggling with this, Ian, because, you know, the Ravens are a point-and-a-half favorites on the road on a Thursday night, and I don't, 
I don't nothing about that works for me in the NFL. Like I don't I don't like the sounds of that even a little bit. But I go a step forward with that, and I still say, and but that's still Tom Brady. Like I still refuse to believe that it's just. There's been too many times in my life where I've thought to myself, "All right, time's catching up to this guy," and I was, you know, an idiot and wrong, and he won three more Super Bowls from that point. Like, it, it, is there still a part of you that says that this can can flip on a dime? That in one game, all of this can change and they can go back to being the Buccaneers and the threat to win the NFC that everybody thought they should have been coming into the season. Well, I think once again, you got to go back to your original statement that is this is still Tom Brady. I'm not quite sure it is Tom Brady anymore. Okay. And, once, and he just doesn't have the supporting cast around him that he normally has. And I guess Tom Brady, like I say, he, he's plenty. He's playing to win a Super Bowl, but it has to be almost perfect around him. And what you said, it's not a great equation to throw the ball 45 times with an old, quarter, old quarterback, but that's what we're doing. So to me, if you're going to do that, we have the wrong guy. And you can say it's still Tom Brady, but how many times have you seen Tom Brady score six points? How many times do you see Tom Brady go three and out as many times as he has the last couple games? How many times do you see Tom Brady lose to a terrible Pittsburgh team and then lose to a terrible Carolina team. So it's not about Tom Brady anymore. It's about a Buccaneer team that just isn't as talented as they were in the last couple of years. I mean, it sounds like you're pretty convinced that there's no turning this around at this point. I said this before the Buccaneers started losing the last couple of games. It doesn't look right. It doesn't yeah. look right. It doesn't sound right. All this turmoil off the field never equates to anything. And listen, the, the Pittsburgh is not good. I'm just telling you, they're not a good football team, and neither is Carolina. And I watched both of them dismantle the Buccaneers in consecutive weeks. So if you think that I'm going to pick the Buccaneers over anybody <laughs> right now in a short week, that ain't happening, not with my money. All right, well, any chance we can trade for Mike Evans then? Any chance that we can uh, that this thing goes really south and, and that in a week the Buccaneers are like, well, maybe we, maybe we start to, to make plans for the future? We'll give you Mike Evans, but I'm going to take Calais Campbell and a couple of other alignment as well. So uh, I'm not sure you're ready for that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're going to be able yeah. to make that. I don't think we're going to be able to make that deal. I don't think yeah, it's going to end up working out that way, Ian. Um, if, if there if there is a roadmap, right? And again, I don't. I don't. It, calling it an upset, the Ravens are a point and a half favorites on on Thursday night, and it's a Thursday night road game. But if there is a roadmap to the Buccaneers riding the ship against the Ravens on Thursday, what would that look like to you? Oh, boy. Um, they better figure out a way to run the football. I mean, they just really have it. You know, they've, they've been out rushing almost every single game this year. If they don't find a way to run the football against a Ravens team who is going to run the football regardless, and if they don't figure out a way to stop the, the run, they'll get run out of the stadium. So, to me, it's just – it's always – a listen, my, my podcast is in the trenches. Yeah. Games are, one in, games are one in the trenches. If you can't stop the Ravens running – you can't stop them, period. And we have to figure out a way to run the ball as well. I, I mean, that's all. It's all very fair. Do you, I mean, I are we at this point? Like, do you have an idea for what the Buccaneers start thinking about? Like, who the next quarterback is? Like, are you are you definitely certain this is Tom Brady's final year? Or do you think there's some world in which he says, "Well, hell, I'm already divorced. What the hell? I'll just keep playing football after this." Well, if you were listening to any of the you know stuff happening off the field in the off season. I wouldn't bet anything that Tom Brady's here next year. 
I mean, he was almost part owner of the Miami Dolphins. That's fair. You know, I mean, that's fair. You know, there's, and you know, he, he retired and came back and he wanted everything his way. And now it's his way and it's not going so well. So do I think that he's coming back here? Nope. I think he'll probably play another year, but I would be shocked if he comes back here to Tampa Bay. All right. Very good. Uh, Ian, it's in the trenches, of course, is the podcast where everybody can find you. Uh, and at Ian Beckles on Twitter as well, correct? Ian underscore Beckles, and, and, uh, and I'm mostly an Instagram guy. All right, Instagram. Give him a follow there. Ian, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Uh, looking forward to Thursday night. Uh, I, I, I can't I, – I almost in a weird way, like I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm almost starting to feel bad for, for Tom Brady, which is a weird – that's a weird sentence for me to say at this point about a man who's lived the life he has. But I uh, appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Enjoy it, all right? It's, Anytime, guys. My pleasure. Ian Beckles checking in with us here on GCR. It's, I, somebody said that to me over the weekend. I can't remember who it was. They were like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost starting to feel bad for the guy. And I was like, no, no, no. But I don't know. I get it. I do get it. I get, like, it's, it's, you, you upended your life for what? To, because you were mad that Adam Schefter beat you to your retirement announcement? You decided to rip apart your entire life over that? It's got to be a dark feeling, man. It's got to be a pretty empty feeling that 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 was what was worth ripping your life. Now, some guys, this is just who they are. Like, maybe it really, maybe it really isn't that. Maybe even if Adam Schefter and who was it? Who is it? Schefter and somebody else both reported it. Maybe if they had never reported it, he still would have gone through the same process. He would have announced his retirement, and then he would have woken up one day and been like, what am I doing? I, I play football. It's what I do. Most guys don't retire before they've been forced out of the league. Like we let guys say that they're retired, but for the, the overwhelming majority of them are guys that didn't have a path back. It's rarer that you get the the Marshall Yandas, the guys who would have been welcomed back. It's more common that you get, you know, even an Ed Reed. Ed Reed wanted to keep playing football. Football decided Ed Reed was was retired. If somebody would have been willing to let him keep playing, he would have kept playing. So, I don't know. I don't know what the story is on Tom Brady, but what I do know is that Ian Beckles is right. It doesn't look right. There are a lot of problems. I'm just still apprehensive about assuming that that means that it's just over or that Tom Brady can't be Tom Brady again, that this week you couldn't be like, he reminded us who he is. He reminded us that it's not over. I don't think he's Ben like at Ben Roethlisberger. You got to the point where physically you could see he can't do it any longer. Like you, you could watch Ben Roethlisberger a year ago and say they can gut out figuring out a way to win if they run the ball and they play defense, but they can't win a game where Ben Roethlisberger has to win it for him. We could see that physically that he couldn't do it. We could see it physically with Drew Brees at the end of his career that if it required Drew Brees, you know, slinging the ball over the field, they couldn't win that way. I'm still not certain that Tom Brady couldn't win a game that way. Physically, he doesn't look like a guy that isn't capable of it. I agree with Ian Beckles. It's not the best path for them. I don't understand 
you know, why you would want that to be the way that you go about trying to win, but that he couldn't. I absolutely think there's a world in which, you know, Thursday night, we get to the end of the night and the story could be, look at that vintage Tom Brady drive that he put together in the fourth quarter. And he reminded everybody he's still capable of it. I, I can't be dismissive of that. It's frustrating. It's Tom Brady. All right, um, we come back in. A couple things we haven't gotten to yet. There was this um, sound from Trey Mancini on the field after uh, he won, or they won the ALCS that I thought was really sweet. And I wanted to share it yesterday, but we just had a busy day. So we'll take a listen to that. Um, talk a little bit about the World Series as we uh, get you ready uh, for hour number two of the program. Still to come today, Joe Serpico is going to join us, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota to dealer. Your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and bo smoke profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with PressBox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests and, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors. Sponsors the Costas Inn, and everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring 
hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show, uh, or happy this, just a reminder, if you missed it yesterday, stay in the fan. And Ross Grimsley caught up with great Mike Boddicker. You can find that right now by going to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. You can also find it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stay in the fan, Charles, Ross Grimsley, Mike Boddicker talking to Orioles. Talking postseason baseball, find that right now. Uh, great show from yesterday. All right, uh, quickly a few things. So I did. I meant I wanted to get to this yesterday, and unfortunately, just had a lot going on. But very sweet moment on the field after the Astros won Game Four of the ALCS on Sunday night, sweeping the Yankees. Trey Mancini, who you know hasn't had much of a postseason, like. But he's going to the World Series, and given everything he's been through, uh, it's a really cool thing. Trey Mancini was um, was on the field fielding some questions. Sports Talk 790 in Houston uh, shared this video, and I thought it was a really neat thing for uh, Orioles fans if you happen to miss it. It's, you know, very special. Um, you know, I, everybody knows how much of a fondness I have for Baltimore and, and uh, you know they really helped shape me into to, you know who I am today um, but with that being said it's you know it's been a really seamless transition for me to come to this team and, and this group's just been incredible and like I've been saying it's just an infectious um, you know want to better yourself every day um, you know and, and these guys prepare better than anybody I've ever seen you know I've I, I think I think that's the part that anybody wanted to hear, and I get it. Unfortunately, uh, audio quality when you're standing in the middle of a stadium and you're not going through a microphone is very difficult. It's not quite the same as uh, when you're in an enclosed space when you're standing in the middle of the field. But as you can see, the, the, it, it, Trey Mancini wearing his emotions on his sleeve and still going on about how much this place impacted him. I, I was texting with Trey a few weeks ago, and, you know, he's – this in so many ways is his home right like this in so many ways is the place for him and it's it's sad that that couldn't continue i certainly understand the arguments for why maybe it was it was the right i don't know if the right thing i don't know if i can ever come back to that hopefully the trade that was made will ultimately pan out to be beneficial for the Orioles in, in the future. I hope that that's the case. I don't know that I can agree that it's it was the right thing necessarily. I think I'm going to struggle with that. Um, Trey Mancini, unfortunately, during the postseason, has had 15 plate appearances, and he has yet to record a hit. That's the, it's the only bummer about all of this and sort of celebrating Trey is 
for those of us that don't like the Astros, or that for those of you that don't like the Astros, that still think of them as cheaters, that it's tough for for you to swallow the idea of rooting for the Astros. It would probably be an easier thing to do if Trey Mancini was a significant part of the reason why the Astros were having such success at the moment. It's it's kind of the opposite of that. He's he's been kind of an albatross for them going into the World Series, which. Which sucks. Like it sucks because I feel good. I'm still happy for him, even if you know he doesn't get a single plate appearance in the World Series and wins a World Series title. He's gonna get a ring, and that that will mean something for Trey Mancini. And since I have no emotional tie, like it'd be one thing if there was an emotional tie to the other team. Like it'd be one thing as we talked about if it had been Astros Padres and you just love Manny Machado and you know he's been a star all season long and. You want to feel good for him. Or if it had been Astros-Mets and there was the Buck Showalter factor on the other side. There's no connection at all to the Phillies. I don't dislike the Phillies in any way. Um, a lot of people have talked about it. I know Jeremy was talking about it yesterday. Reed has talked a lot about the idea that where Baltimore and D.C. have have been kind of combative over the years, Baltimore and Philadelphia are more like cousins, right? Like, there's there's no, there's no beef there. There's no, you know, like... The way that the emotions that we had, those of us that, and I've gotten over it. I'm more nothing towards DC, but growing up, like I, I really did. I hated it because when we didn't have football, people tried to convince me that I should be a, a Redskins fan. Like, get the f out of here with all of that. I mean, Griffin, for whatever reason, decided to be a Wizards fan. A handful of you have decided to be Capitals fans, and that's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm over being mad about it, but I'll never understand it. I'll never get feeling an association with the city that I have nothing to do with. I've said before, if you live between Baltimore and D.C., like if you're from Anne Arundel County, I, I can at least make some more sense of that. I know my buddy Brian Powell and I have talked about that a lot over the years because he's like, well, you keep saying there's no cap. Like, there might be more down there because it's a little bit closer and I can understand a bit more of an association with D.C. if you're from those areas than I could if you're from Baltimore County or Baltimore City or you know, Griffin Carroll County or sure as hell Hartford or Cecil counties like that. Again, if you're from Cecil County, I mean, hell, half the people in Cecil County are about as much Philly fans as they are Baltimore fans sometimes. Um, like I, I'll never, I could never in my life understand how someone from like, you know, Forest Hill or, you know, Perryville would become a, a, a DC fan of any sort like that. What in the world would that connection be? Um, I, I don't have any animosity towards the Phillies. I don't have any animosity towards Philadelphia. I think their fans are capable of being pretty obnoxious. Like, that when they're good, they're capable of turning... They, they come off like New York fans sometimes. Like, we're better than you. But the teams are good. I, I kind of get it. When anybody's team's good, there's a little bit of that. I, I don't... I'm not rooting against them. I don't dislike Bryce Harper for any reason. Yeah, I like Harper. They kind of the Phillies kind of remind me of the Nationals in 2019 this season, uh, at least like throughout the playoffs. And so I'm kind of just because I generally you know root for the underdog, you know, in these uh, kind of cases, I, I, I feel more towards the Phillies. But again, like I what? don't care too much either direction. I don't. I don't. I don't get this. I'm hoping Trey. Trey Mancini is on one of these teams. I know. I know. Trey Mancini is the rest of the team. I do not care for at all. Like it's because of the the just because just because they've been good for so long. I want some fresh blood in there. If there was no Trey Mancini, 
and this is what this was, I think I would probably root for the Phillies. I think 100% that factor, the fact that the Astros have done it, would be relevant to I'm, me. I'm rooting for seven that, games. That, eh, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I get it. Like, you want a fun series if you're yeah. going to watch. I'd certainly get that concept. But, you know, if you're telling me the Phillies in seven or the Astros in four, I'm going to take the Astros in four every time. I want Trey Mancini to win a World Series because it's the only – now, look, I get it. It's a bit more personal. I know yeah. Trey on a personal level. It's not just that he was a guy that I rooted for. I – I personally, Trey has been very kind to me for a very long time and has been very helpful. One time when we were struggling with um, what we were going to do for the coat drive one year, he said, hey, man, if I if you want me to, I'll fly up from Nashville and I'll come do it for you. Wow. Like, that's who Trey Mancini is. Like, that's what a human being Trey Mancini is. I remember talking to Trey one year on Thanksgiving because he was doing the tailgate that weekend. He was like, oh, dude, I want to come on with you this week, but the only day I might be able to do it is Thanksgiving. <laughs> Like, bro, are you really gonna take time out of your Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. As it turns out, I think we figured out a way to do it the day before. I think we made it work um, so that he wouldn't have to do it on Thanksgiving. Um, at a time when the Orioles, you know, didn't want guys doing interviews, they didn't coordinate. Trey Mancini was the guy that was like, "Look, man, you need me. You got me. Like, that's who I. That's who he is." So I accept that maybe it's a bit more personal for me, but I don't know how anyone who's been in this city for this long couldn't have the same feelings towards Trey Mancini. Look, that's just the reality of this, is Trey Mancini is a special human being. He's never, you know, as we talked about this summer, he's never going to be, you know, one of the greatest Orioles of all time. He was never an all-star during his time in Baltimore, but he's one of the greatest humans we've ever had come through here, and... You know, what it would mean to, you know, if you believe in something spiritual, what it would mean to Mo Gabba watching down to see Trey Mancini celebrate a World Series. No offense, there's nothing else that that could compare to that. A a seven-game thriller doesn't mean anything in comparison to that. So, um, but I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't hate the Phillies. If the Phillies win the World Series, I'll tip my cap to them. I won't be angry about it. It won't be like the Red Sox winning the World Series or the Astros, sorry, the <laughs> or the Yankees winning the World Series. Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, good on you. I'll be, I'll be bummed for Trey Mancini. I'll be very disappointed for, and for Dusty Baker. There's a Dusty Baker factor that's not as personal or as significant to me, but like, Dusty Baker deserves to win a World Series, man. Like Dusty Baker. It, uh, as much as we want Buck Showalter to have won a World Series, like Dusty Baker throughout baseball deserves to be a World Series winner. So that one matters to me a little bit too as I look at this. Um, Proctor had something funny. He said, I've, I've figured out the steps. Step one, fire the coordinator. Step two, don't pay Lamar. Step three, perfect cloning technology. Step four, clone Ray, Ed, Terrell, etc., and sign them again. Step five, win Super Bowl or Super Bowls. Piece of cake. <laughs> That's the one. That is, he's figured out yeah. the steps between you can't firing really, you can't argue. Roman and you winning the Super that. Bowl. <laughs> I, I mean, I, uh, my guy, my guy Steven, who just keeps going back and forth with me, and I, I like him. Again, I like Steven. That's the funny part. I, I, I don't, I'll never understand it. I'll never be able to get into the psychology of the people that just are convinced that you just fire the offense coordinator again of a good offense and now you win the Super Bowl. I'll never be able to understand that psychology, but I can, I appreciate the back and forth. Um, if, if you're basically saying that you're okay with being mediocre, no. <laughs> if they were mediocre, I think that we could have a conversation about it. Okay. There, have been, there have been three years where Greg Roman had even a modicum of health 
as the Ravens' offensive coordinator. They were a top-seven scoring offense in all of those years, including this year, right? So 19, 20, 22. Do you know what mediocre means? Like, do you know which one mediocre is? And I get it. Like, we're in the context of everybody in the NFL is mediocre, right? Like, you could say that's mediocre. Right now, we think there are three teams in the NFL that are above mediocre. We think that the, the Bills and the Eagles and the Chiefs are above mediocre. And we think everybody else is mediocre. I was also asked this morning when I said that I think the playmakers are still the bigger problem, like... What do you think is the defined number of playmakers that a team needs to have in order to win a Super Bowl? And what I looked at was the last three Super Bowl champions. And the last three Super Bowl champions either had two superstar pass catchers, the Chiefs, of course, having Hill and Kelsey, or they had one superstar pass catcher and two other high-level NFL pass catchers. So the Rams a year ago had a star of stars in Cooper Cup. They had Robert Woods, and then when he got hurt, they had Odell Beckham, right? right? Like, they kind of slid in nicely there that when it wasn't Woods, it was Beckham. And Woods played a significant role in getting them to the record that they had in order to give them the chance to be the number one seed in the NFC and to host the NFC Championship game. Um, And then Tyler Higbee is a high-level NFL pass catcher. The separation between the top tight ends and Tyler Higbee is not the same. You can't look at the, um, you know, I had somebody today say, well, you know, Devin Duvernay is on pace to have a season that's similar to Tyler Higby's. But the separation between the top wide receivers in the NFL and Devin Duvernay is overwhelming, whereas the separation between the top tight ends in the NFL and Tyler Higby is not nearly as significant. He is a high-level NFL tight end. He's not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, but Tyler Higby's been a very consistent, high-level NFL tight end when there's about, you know, three, four guys that are superstars at that position, and then a next tier of guys that's a high-level player. The year before that, of course, you had a team in Tampa that had, you know, an embarrassment of pass catchers, a true superstar in Mike Evans, a guy that some people want to believe is a true superstar in Chris Godwin, but I'm saying more high-level than true superstar, a guy that unfortunately is as much of a clown as he is, was a high-level player in Antonio Brown, and Rob, Gronk- Rob Gronkowski, yeah. who would still at that point in his career, maybe he wasn't, you know, star of stars any longer at that point in his career, but he was still somewhere between superstar and high level, even when he arrived in Tampa at that point. So to me, the recent trend would say that the number is two superstars or one superstar and two other high level pass catchers. The Ravens have a superstar, obviously, in Mark Andrews. That's, I'm not debating that whatsoever. Mark Andrews is a superstar. We think Rashad Bateman is a high-level receiver. If we're being honest, he hasn't proven that yet. Like We see the talent. We see what we believe is a high-level receiver. But the truth is it would be unfair to say just yet he's definitively a high-level NFL wide receiver. He's a He's a good one he's a guy we like this guy we think highly of you know however you want to say it but we would be speaking out of turn to say he's a proven high level nfl wide receiver and then clearly there's there's not a you know there's not even an argument for a third so my lack of confidence in the ravens being able to win a super bowl with this offense far more related to that than to greg roman and again given the personnel if you're not going to have those guys, 
you're better off trying to win a Super Bowl doing the Greg Roman thing, just doing the run, 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 run. You you know you zig we zag. Let's let's try to win a Super Bowl doing something else. Because if you're going to try to win a Super Bowl doing what other teams are doing, I think those other teams are going to prove to be better than you. Now the Chiefs are you know going to try to flirt with that this year. Can the Chiefs prove to be a team that can win a Super Bowl without having you know a, a second superstar or a third high level? They have you know a star still in Travis Kelsey. And then Juju, I guess. Is the closest he's looked good thing. the last two weeks. You know, yeah. like, I, there have been moments in his career where we would say he's a high-level, you know, pass catcher. I, 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 He's definitely a more proven high-level pass catcher than Rashad Bateman is to this point in his career. We just think that Rashad Bateman's, you know, high-end talent is better than Juju Smith-Schuster's, and I think we have the right to feel that way. Um, you know, Miko Hardman looked good for a week, but they don't have a third high-level pass catcher right now. Not a proven high level it might be by the end of the season we look up and we say yeah Michael Hardman you know turned out to be that guy he turned out to be the difference in getting them to that point I don't know but not not right now they'll try to get there they'll try to prove that they can be that team that can win a Super Bowl without that the Bills you know in a way are kind of flirting with that too right they have one superstar in Stephon Diggs they have a Gabe Davis who I think we all now would put in the high level NFL pass catcher territory but you know who else? They don't really have a third, true high-level player. So there are other teams now. The Eagles have two superstars, right? Like they have two flat-out superstars in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. So they go into the category like the Chiefs, where they they check the box. They check the box of a team that fits this bill. The other two, you know, I don't know if they do, and they're going to try to win a Super Bowl this year, despite that. Um. You know, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes with those with those guys and if they're able to do it. I thought Dawson Knox might be moving into the territory of a high level NFL player, but yeah. I don't think that's proven to be the case. I don't I don't think that's I don't even know that you can make an argument for it. So my gut my gut is that's how you go about winning a Super Bowl, is that you have again either two superstar pass catchers or one superstar and two high level pass catchers. All right. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. If you've not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, I would encourage you to go get it right now. Kevin Willard is on the cover. Stan the Fan Charles and I sat down with the new Maryland basketball coach for a lengthy conversation about taking over in his new role and the difficulty of the job, how he plans to approach turning Maryland basketball around some fun anecdotes in there, some, you know, very serious, like, reflection and honesty about the challenges of the job at the moment. I thought it was a really great sit-down. You can also learn and meet men's and women's college basketball players throughout the state as we get ready for the start of college basketball season, which is we're only a week away from, which is kind of crazy to me. It's exciting. Um, Yeah, I love college basketball. It's it's, it's one of my favorite times of the year, especially – I don't know. I really do love when we get these kind of wonky tournaments. I've said before that as much as we talk about what the best weeks, the, and my mine that is Labor Day. I love Labor Day, but that Thanksgiving week when you've got football, and then you have these random basketball, like you get at at midnight, Gonzaga and UCLA tipping off in wherever they're playing, Hawaii or something like that, and you're like, 
This is amazing. It's midnight. We get basketball at 2 in the afternoon and at midnight. Towson was beating New Mexico at like 10 o'clock at night that in Las was Vegas a, that last year. That was a year. thing. Yeah. That was a thing, 100%. That is, it is a damn good week. And I know this year there'll be the World Cup too, which mm. is just yeah. it's crazy. I like, I don't even know if we have the bandwidth to be able to handle it. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about the start of college basketball season. Don't forget Monday. We're going to start at 9 a.m. That is now confirmed as uh, Loyalist Tavares Hardy needs to be here at 9 a.m. on Monday. So uh, Patrick Stevens and I will be hosting our annual college basketball preview show. Looking forward to bringing that to you once again this year as we will be catching up with uh, coaches from the area teams and, um, and just getting to know a little bit more ahead of the start of the season. All right, Joe Serpico is coming up in a few minutes. Might have a visitor stopping by the studio as well. A lot to do as we continue on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Bavarian Burger with a pretzel bun, the Cheddar Ale Soup, the Slam Dunk Pretzel, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too. 
All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. Whew, we continue. Hey, uh, reminder, Tyus Bowser is going to be back next week. One week from tonight, Tyus Bowser show returns Tuesday, November 1st. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Looking forward to seeing you there. Tyus and his special guest will be joining us. Um, that will be in between the Thursday night game and then the Monday night game the following week. So we will be hanging out with you at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. We want you to be there. It's all brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership, PressBox, and Great Eights memorabilia. You can find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. From uh, Jeff, Jeff says, Glenn, what do you think about the Ravens being involved with Jerry Judy? This is a complicated one, man. We brought it up a couple days ago, right? That, like, it, when we talk about Elijah Moore, it's all hubris. By the way, what, do we know anything more about, was it Corey Davis that got hurt on Sunday? Do we know anything more about Corey Davis's injury? It feels like if Corey I Davis know. is going to be out, then that, you know, yeah. slams the door shut. And it was exactly why it was that I didn't think the Jets would be interested in trading Elijah Moore. They're good. They've got, play, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just seems like, why, why would you be looking to move on from a good player so like mcl sprain so he's day-to-day so th- probably probably i don't know i would say probably not this week but okay well i mean but that at yeah. any time that he might miss oh oh my i'm very excited about this okay um anyway let me get to the, this thought about jerry judy there is still it's not quite as much it's a lot of hubris when we talk about elijah moore like we believe that we know the answer on elijah moore that he's a high level player despite the fact that we haven't yet seen it in the nfl there's a little bit of hubris with Jerry Judy, which is he's shown some things a bit more than Elijah Moore has, but we're still doing some projection there that he's a high-level player. Now, in fairness, once upon a time, the Cowboys did that with Amari Cooper, and it worked out quite well for them. Amari Cooper hadn't fully proven it yet with the Raiders. They traded a, a good price for Amari Cooper, and it worked out very well for the Cowboys for a couple years with Amari Cooper before they ultimately moved on from him. The concerning part with Jerry Judy would be drops, right? Like, that's the issue to this point. A year ago, he didn't play the full season. But you go back two years ago, he was second in the league with 10 drops. And he did that, for example, Deontay Johnson led the league with 13 drops, but he did that on 102 catchable balls. Whereas Jerry Judy had 10 drops on 62 catchable balls. By far and away, led the way with drop percentage. So that's concerning. This year, they've only been three. Now, the the volume, again, hasn't been overwhelming. You're hoping that Jerry Judy has worked his way through that if you're going that route. Again, I don't know how the Broncos go about making their decisions. Like, they clearly can't think this is working right now, but they paid a ton of money to Russell Wilson. Like, it has to work in the future. So, can they afford to be trading away a Jerry Judy right now? Or do they need to say, hey, we know it's not working at the moment, but we got to keep at it, assume that the coach is the problem, fix the coach this offseason, and we have the right pieces? That's the question that they have to answer there in Denver is whether or not they could just fix it with the coach because I, I, I don't know that you can be trading away your top receivers when you just paid so much money to a quarterback and you have to to have guys for him to throw the football to. So I'm skeptical. I mean, I guess I'm always skeptical about quality receivers becoming available because they're so important, right? Like, 
in the offseason, I get the argument. It's about avoiding paying, paying money. I still don't know why you wouldn't do it, and that's why I'm frustrated when the opportunities have been there to acquire players. The Ravens haven't, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not – I'm interested in Jerry Judy. I'm intrigued by Jerry Judy. You, I don't know how you feel like you have a strong answer about whether or not he has corrected the drops issue that, you know, saying the, it's maybe it's unfair to say it's plagued him in his career, but it's been a serious issue for Jerry Judy when he's been healthy during the course of his career. So it's a, it's a, I get it. It's not a direct answer. The answer is, am I interested? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I want to have the conversation, but it's not as much a slam dunk as say a DJ Moore, right? Like a DJ Moore, it's slam dunk. Yes. 100%. I'm paying a real cost to get a DJ Moore. Jerry Judy. Yeah, I mean he's better than what you got. I'm I'm still yeah. doing it, but the cost is still Right. Yeah. It's it's a little bit less to me of you just pay whatever cost in order to try to get a player, right? Like it's not quite the same feeling that I have when I talk about DJ Moore who yeah, I'd pay anything for. Um, all right, we need to uh, – Tim, our buddy Tim from Glory Days is here, and uh, we are going to just sort of welcome him in. We, we can't do the take a break and things, so can you figure out if they're ready yeah. to start coming in? Thank you, Griffin. I appreciate that. Um, it's always it's always very exciting for me whenever our friends at Glory Days Grill stop by. I do love that. I love that a great deal. Uh, Griffin, also, uh, can you check on YouTube? Somebody told me that uh, there might be a YouTube issue right yeah, now. Yeah, we're back up at – Streamlabs just crashed for whatever ah, reason. I apologize. apologize. Yeah, but if, we are back up. If uh, if you lost us on YouTube, don't worry. We're back. Everything's good. I promise. Oh, man. I love seeing this guy. Ah, this is a. It might not mean the same to you guys, but it means a lot to me. Whenever our friend Tim Diggs from Glory Days Grill stops by the studio, he has gifts for us. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, it's like I get to be a child watching Santa Claus come down my chimney. On Christmas Eve. It's like I get to know that Santa Claus <laughs> is definitively real whenever you come by to see us. Tim Diggs, it's so great to see you, my friend. Great Thank you. you guys. Uh, Tim, if you don't mind, could you slide a little bit closer to that microphone for me? Or we can slide that microphone a little bit closer to you if that's better. Absolutely. Uh, oh, 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 boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll get it. We'll get it fixed. <laughs> Um, uh, Tim, first of all, thank you for coming by. Absolutely. What's going on with Glory Days Grill right now? So right now, we're our focus right now is um, we're, we're. I got. I got to keep that microphone right on top of you somehow. I, you Griffin, Griffin, I'm putting you in charge <laughs> of fixing the microphone, please. So right now it's football season, uh, and um, you think about it, the American League um, championship is going on right now. Well, now the World Series starts and on Friday. Yeah, you're right. The World yep. Series is starting on Friday, so. Um, and football Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. And what we also are doing right now is six ninety nine appetizers, guys. Wait, wait. After nine. Ooh, ooh. So you come in maybe after you had uh, you know a, a, a gathering with some friends. Stop by. And does that include uh, wings? Does that include? It, it includes the boneless wings that we bought for you today to try out, Big which is delicious. Fan and some mozzarella sticks yeah, for it's you. So, it's so ironic that you say try out. Like you, <laughs> like you think I haven't had a number of glory days boneless right. wings in my life. I don't. When during the pandemic, I don't think I told you this, Tim. During the pandemic, uh, my younger son decided that the honey uh, old bay boneless wings from glory days were literally going to get him through. He every Saturday was like, "Can we get 
wings and i like i knew what he wanted <laughs> right and we made it through the pandemic thanks to the honey old awesome. egg of boneless awesome. wings and glory days grill like we literally the only reason why we survived that tumultuous time in our <laughs> lives was because of your uh, honey old bay boneless wings it was a great great period in yes. our family's history awesome. Uh, awesome appreciate that yeah so so the wings the so, mozzarella sticks. So we got the wings we got some mozzarella sticks for you we got some slam dunk pretzels <sighs> oh boy. we have some cheeseburger sliders oh for boy. you today oh boy Oh, this is going to be problematic. Some buffalo chicken dip for you. Buffalo. The buffalo chicken buffalo dip. You chicken brought the dip. buffalo chicken I did. dip. Oh. I did. And all of these are available on the six ninety nine after 9 o'clock appetizer menu. Absolutely. Everything you brought in. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, where do you want to start? What do you want to What do we want to pull out first? Let's what do we want to? some teriyaki but, boneless wings for you. Well, teriyaki. I, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I, I think that might be a good decision. Uh, Griffin, we might need uh, uh, some silverware, some nap. Oh, uh, you know what? Tim probably brought some of those things. Of course, I a, did let's for take you, a my look. friend. Let's of take course. a look at the teriyaki boneless wings. If I can, I don't want to have them go shooting all over the table. Oh God, just look at them. Just look at them. Oh, how could I be any happier in my life? All right, go right for this. Um, now this is this is any day after nine o'clock. Any day after nine o'clock. So even on a Saturday night. Everybody's going out. They're having their night out. You come back in, maybe go to the movies, something like that. You come back into Glory Days after 9 o'clock. All these appetizers, six Correct. ninety-nine. Well, that seems pretty good to me. That seems pretty good to me. All right. I will uh, I will go ahead and enjoy that one. Uh, mm. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. That's good. Here. Go ahead, Griffin. You get in on that. Look at this feast we have in front of us. Look at this. All right, where do we want to go next? Oh, I want to do the buffalo chicken dip next. This is what I want to do. Okay. Here's your what buffalo chicken wait, dip right this? here. What is this? That is your barbecue chicken thigh wings. Wait a second. Are the thigh wings on the six ninety nine? They up. are. Shut up. Tim. What, what are you? I, look, man, I'm not trying to tell you how to run a business. All right? You know way more about that than I do. I'm not good at that. I'm good at yakety yak, and I'm only barely good at that. <laughs> The thigh wings are maybe the most perfect thing that's ever been created in the history of time. What, how, are, how is it a smart business practice to be doing that for six ninety nine? That doesn't. I don't think that makes sense. No offense. It, it is absolutely delicious, though. Oh, well, I do. You think I don't know that? You think I don't know that? All right. What, oh my God! What are those? What These are, those? are the smoky thigh wings. The I bought you wings. both of them. I, Tim, I assure you, I've tried them. I promise you. <laughs> Your boy Glenn Clark has tried them. All right, Griffin, what do you want to get after? What do you want? Uh, I guess those teriyaki wings. All right, you can you can go to the teriyaki wings next. I can't I can't possibly eat all this, but I'm going to try. Um, is the so hang on a second? Is there still a seasonal menu available right now at Glory Days Grill? We still have the Oktoberfest menu going on right now. Okay, how long does that run through? Like that when? runs about another another month. All right, so another you got month. you got time. Yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't waste time. Yes. But you got time to try the uh, look at look at the barbecue thigh wings. Look at that. Look at the sauce on the barbecue thigh wings right there. Look yeah. at that. That looks like, I don't know if I'm, they want me to say that, that looks like sex to me. <laughs> no offense. Teriyaki, the teriyaki wings are in front of me. Oh, my gosh. They smell yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get, get right after that. Get after, get after the teriyaki wings if you don't mind. I'm going to uh, go ahead and enjoy it. Uh, Tim, do you mind regaling people while I just eat? Can no, you do the, can you do, can, well, no, can sure. you do the show for me? Absolutely. Can you just... What what are your thoughts? Give so, me so, what, do you, what do you make of the Ravens? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the Ravens. Yes, I mean talk about Sunday. Uh, <laughs> when you come into Glory Days on a Sunday for football, it is so exciting. 
really, really exciting. People are jumping up. People are having fun. Great family atmosphere. Always important to remind everybody that you can get the uh, the sound at your table that right mm. there. Like a lot of times you go, you hang out somewhere to watch a game, and you're like, hey, I can't hear it. I would like to be able to hear it. Can you guys turn it up? Well, you go to Glory Days Grill, you've got your own personal speaker right there at your table. And you also can use your phone now with the new AutoFetch. Now, you told me about this last time. Yes. You just I'm, download I'm ta- it? I'm talking yes. with wing in my mouth right now. Um, I'm sorry. You guys are going to have to understand that. You, you download this app. Correct. And you'll be able to point to whatever TV. Correct. So even if for whatever reason you're a psychopath and you root for a team that's not the Ravens, that's fine. Like, we disrespect the, the, the concept. But, you know, we want your business at Glory Days Grill as well. So whatever game is on... You can just point to that. You can go to the app, say, I want TV number 14. Correct. And, and listen to it at your table. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. It seems like a pretty good deal to me, especially on a college football Saturday, because I know you have a lot of different fan bases that come in and hang out during college football Saturdays, and there's so many games on. Like yes. 100 games on all the TVs. So you could be like a middle Tennessee fan, and you'd probably be able to get the TV that you want, get a, a, a table near that TV, and then you'd be able to pull your phone out and listen to it, even if you had... For example, perhaps you have fans of different teams sitting at the same table, and you can't agree on which one's going on the speaker. You're both going to have the option to have the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a pretty good deal, man. That is a pretty good deal. Yes. All right. I I see you've got the happy hour menu in front of you. We do. Happy hour, guys. Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, 259 12-ounce drafts and 349 paints. Think about this. And then we also have daily specials. Three to nine. I, I don't care. I'm just going to lick my fingers. Signature. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> like, I know I should use a napkin, but... Why? This is the barbecue sauce from the Smoky Thigh Wings. I'm just going to do this. I'm sorry. It's what it is. Y'all can judge away. If y'all think it's gross, think it's gross. You clearly haven't been to Glory Days Grill. There's a good reason for me to be licking my fingers at this point. Sorry, Tim. Mm. Oh, you're fine. Absolutely deliciousness. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll use a napkin now. I'm sorry. I think I made my point. All right, go ahead. You were talking no, about happy so, hour. So on Monday, you think about it. You know, we have signature cocktails for $5. On Tuesdays, 24-7 margarita comes in a huge margarita glass with Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Man, and think about that. And then on Wednesday, we have half-price bottles of wines. And then on Thursday, $5 crushes. So we have specials all the time. I mean. Especially right now with inflation. Great to come to Glory Days. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because I get it. We're all complaining about inflation. But to the point that you're making, hey, look, we can't always slash the prices on everything at all times because, you know, it's still a business. You still have to make a profit. But trying to work with everybody and saying, hey, if you come in, again, after 9 o'clock, we're working with you. If you come in on, uh, I'm sorry, say which one was Thursday again? Thursday, $5 crushes. Yeah, you come in on Thursday, and we all know how much we love crushes in this this community. It's it's basically, it's part of our blood. I think when kids are born here, they're like 20% uh, orange crush <laughs> in their blood. Um, it's, that's not a good joke to make. I guess we don't want kids. I'm going to make that abundantly clear. Kids cannot enjoy. You have to be 21. All right, maybe, maybe, maybe I should have thought that one through before I workshopped it a little bit before I threw it out there. But you know what I meant, Tim. You yes, understand I what do. I, was trying to I say. do. I'm getting, I'm getting all flush. I'm enjoying, <laughs> I'm enjoying the uh, the food in front of me so much. Um, but you just got to work around it a little bit. You have right. to understand that there are the opportunities for you to take advantage of great prices at Glory Days Grill anytime you come in during the course of the week. 
Um, anything else that we should know about what's going on? I really, I need a commercial break so I can just pound some more food. No, everything then. else is great. I mean, just come out and have fun with us. Do, by the way, I, I don't mean this. This is a personal recommendation. If you have not done the Smoky Thigh Wings at Glory Days Grill, if you have not ventured into that territory, I, I don't know, first of all, what it is that you're doing with your life. I have a lot of questions about your existence and what it is that you offer to humanity. But I'm telling you, walk there. I have never recommended anything more highly. Now, you want to really mix things up? Order the smoky thigh wings with the Korean number two sauce. Game changer. Game changer. Now, the remoulade that comes with the smoky thigh wings, again, this is not. This is a straight shoot. Back when Kyle Ottenheimer was here, one time we, got, we brought it in. I'm pretty sure I witnessed him licking the cup Ooh. afterwards. That's <laughs> how good this is. All right? I mean, I think he would admit to that. Like, oh, you'd say, yeah, yes. dude, I was proud to have done that. <laughs> but the Korean number two sauce, even better. I'm going to have one smoky thigh wing, and then I'll pass the food around to everybody else. Uh, Tim, as always, the website is glorydaysgrill.com, and you can put your order in right there on the website. Yes, and, sir. And pick it up uh, very conveniently to go. Of course, I'm a regular visitor. I know our buddy Jeremy Kahn has been hammering the two-go orders at his down, I think, was he Glen Burnie? Where is he? He's somewhere in Anne Arundel County. One of, whatever the, op, the, uh, the Glory Days Grill yes, is, his, he's been going basically every day for the last couple of months, he said. So um, you, know, you know how I feel about you. You're, this is like, to me, when you come by, it's like how people feel when they meet their favorite athletes. Like everybody else is like, dude, I met Ray Lewis the other day. And I'm like, yeah, well, I got to hang out with Tim Diggs from Glory Days Grill. <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> I had smoky thigh wings, jerk. <laughs> you live your life. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, truly appreciate truly. you, my friend. Thank Absolutely. Thank you for coming Always and hanging out pleasure. with us once again. Absolutely. And I will look forward to, we'll, uh, you and I will be talking because we will uh, get a date uh, figured out for our coat drive this year okay. to come over and hang out with you as uh, you've always been so good to us Absolutely. and making sure that we can do that. I know how much it means to be an important partner in the community. It is. Tim Diggs, thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you, guys. Tim Diggs from Glory right. Days Grill. We'll come back in and we will get you ready for Waiver Wire Wednesday. Our buddy Joe Serpico from Pressbox joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Ties Bowser Show right now at Pressbox 
bowsonline.com slash bowser. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites take home glory days grill great food good sports check out jeremy khan's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners and speaking of winners here's a man who once won a media curling contest and i don't think anything else He's Glenn Clark. I got the sweats. Oh, boy. God. It's so much. Oh, I love Glory Days Grill. Again, glorydaysgrill.com is the website. I'm I'm just kind of thigh wing. I'm, it's, I'm, my bloodstream is more thigh wing than anything else at this point. Oh, God bless them. Um, $6.99 appetizers every night after 9 o'clock. Glorydaysgrill.com and the Oktoberfest menu still available through about another month. All right. Let's uh, dive in. Would you or not? Would you rather Wednesday? Waiver Wire Wednesday. Well, that would you rather Wednesday will be coming up tomorrow. But Waiver Wire Wednesday, of course, is coming up tomorrow. And who should you be targeting every week? Our press box fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico joins us here on GCR to preview that. He's with us right now. Joe, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm wondering when I'm getting the invite to that feast you guys. Come by right, right now, Joe. Stop by in the moment, right now. Come by, enjoy some food. What are you doing? You working? Come on. You, you're always welcome yeah. here. You tell me when you want to come by. We'll make it happen. Hey, um, uh, all right. We'll have to make that happen one time. No doubt, no doubt about it. All right, let's talk about a couple things. One, I'm going to guess that in the rest of the country, Gus Edwards is the the name that everybody's discussing this week. However, I'm going to find it very unlikely that in leagues that involve Ravens fans, there are still leagues where Gus Edwards might be available. Yeah, I 100% agree there. You know, every, anytime you're in a league with the, your hometown teams, they get a little bit more biased. They're, you know, they're on everybody's roster. Uh, even certain guys that like, you don't typically see, like in our leagues around here, guys like Likely were probably drafted. Yeah. Day probably maybe even got drafted, things of that nature. So, yeah, you're most likely uh, – out on the Gus Edwards uh, train. Now, I did say for, you know, if there's anybody nationally that's paying attention, that I think that is the number one waiver wire pickup of this week, uh, just because it looks like that that is going to be his job moving forward. Uh, slight concern because of the turnaround this week that maybe he just won't get the same number of, uh, of carries this week. But moving forward, it's definitely his job. You know, the few runs he had, he looked he looked explosive for, for yep. a guy that uh, basically just can't, you know, just just kind of got activated earlier last week. So, yeah, if uh, if he's there for some strange reason and you live in Baltimore, absolutely grab him. Uh, 
you know, throw a good chunk of fab at him to get him on your team. But like we just talked about, if Baltimore leagues, I'm going to doubt that he's yep. available. And as we know, he's of course the prototypical touchdown getting back, right? Like he's exactly he's 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 the guy that you want to have in those situations. So that what's that makes him even more valuable. And yeah, luckily on Saturday he was still available in one of my three leagues, which was kind of wild. So that worked out pretty well for me. Let's talk about Carolina where. We had talked about Donta Foreman, obviously with the McCaffrey trade that made that come into fruition, and and those people that did take a flyer on him, like you suggested a week ago, probably feel pretty good. Now he gets banged up on Sunday, and we see a good bit of Chuba Hubbard, and and he does look good. What do you think that looks like? Should Hubbard be a guy that you're grabbing this week? Uh, Hubbard actually got a little banged up this week as well, so it's definitely a situation to monitor. I did think it was a little bit interesting that they – announced that Hubbard was going to be the starter heading into the game. That kind of threw me off a little bit. But if you if you watched, well, not to say that I really watched it, but if you saw the plays, it looked like uh, Foreman was the more explosive of the two. Uh, heading into the game, Foreman was the one that was getting more touches than Hubbard. I believe Hubbard only had like five, six touches heading into last week. Uh, we knew that was going to change. Uh, definitely a situation to keep an eye on. I do think that both guys are going to get a ton of looks moving forward. Uh, Foreman, in my eyes, I mean, you can just kind of tell by the size of him, he's the bigger back, so you would think he's going to get the majority of the goal line carries. So it sounds like you're not using a waiver claim on Hubbard. No, not necessarily, just because, again, I still think the Foreman is the top dog when it comes to, you know, what we're looking for. You kind of just alluded to it with uh, Edwards there. Touchdowns are king in, in the fantasy football world. And I think that's going to be the guy that's going to get the most of the goal line carry. So, no, he's somebody I'm picking up on, let's say, Thursday for, for free if possible. I mean, if you're absolutely desperate, you know, that's a whole different story. But uh, if Foreman is somehow still available, he's somebody I'm definitely targeting this week again. What do we make of the Jets situation? Is it just the James Robinson show? Does Michael Carter have any value at all? I'm guessing – you know, the people that were racing when Brees Hall got hurt to pick up Michael Carter, maybe maybe they backed up on uh, those waiver claims or tried to cancel them uh, after they saw the James Robinson trade go through. Yeah, you know, when I put out my waiver wire piece yesterday, I did say that uh, I thought it was going to be a good thing for Michael Carter moving forward because he was still involved in the action. He was still seeing about 45% of the snaps each week. Uh, now, that being said, Hall had looked like he was just going to run away with that job moving forward and then Carter was going to be a piece out of the backfield. And then this trade to James Robinson pretty much changed everything. Uh, now, Robinson doesn't offer a whole lot as a receiver. We've kind of seen that in Jacksonville, and that's kind of been why he's been phased out, and Travis Etienne has pretty much taken over that job full-time. Uh, the only thing that slightly concerns me about James Robinson is it did sound like he got banged up this past weekend. That's why I was a little surprised about the, the trade happening right after the fact. But at least for this week, uh, just because, you know, it takes a little bit of time. We saw just this past week with Christian McCaffrey, you know, he got traded on Monday. We only had a handful of plays for him come Sunday. So I do think Michael Carter is somebody to target if you're looking for uh, a later play in, let's say, daily fantasy. But for the long term, I think this is just going to be one of those situations where it's a committee where Carter's in on third downs and he'll get, you know, a couple snaps here and there on the early downs. But I – I wouldn't trust any of these guys moving forward until we kind of see how things play out this week. So, like I said, I think I think it's going to be a split for so, the rest of the so season. So, again, not maybe worth using a waiver wire spot on a Michael Carter. So I, I get that. Um, all right, we're, we're talking with Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst. 
Joe, two guys who had big games this past week, but the circumstances were interesting, and I want to discuss both of them. The first being Mikal Hardman, right, who has this massive game for Kansas City, but does so with a, a very small number of targets. Um, do we do we read a lot into that? Do we say, hey, Mikal Hardman is going to become a bigger and bigger factor with the Chiefs' offense, and you know they they do so much that having any piece of the Chiefs' offense makes sense. He's a guy worth picking up, or do you read more into, yeah, that that it was a wild day, but I think the targets are more significant. It ain't worth using a claim on a guy like that. I don't think he's somebody that you you use a claim on just because, I mean, two of those plays were gadget plays, him on the end around, things of that nature. They do like to get the ball in his hands, that's for sure. I mean, he's got blazing speed. We all know that. So he's a guy that can definitely be a game changer. He almost reminds me of, now current Raven to Sean Jackson back when he was in his fantasy good days, you know, just pop one off here and there. And then he would have a couple other targets uh, to kind of round out the day, but he's not somebody that I'm rushing to go get just because, I mean, we're seeing it now from the chiefs. I think they put up close to like 460 yards this past week. And it was uh, Marcus Valdez scanning and uh, Juju that got the majority of the targets in the past game. And I think that's going to be the case moving forward. And obviously still have Travis Kelsey there. Uh, that rotation of running backs has got to be frustrating just because, you know, going into the day on Sunday, the news was that Isaiah Pacheco right. was going to take over, yeah. and then he got less touches than Jarek McKinnon. <sighs> so that whole backfield situation there, I'm trying to avoid at all costs. Uh, but as far as receivers go, no, I'm not going after Hartman unless get him again on Thursday. Spot start, and they're on they're on a bye this week anyway, so you can't start him any. Uh, Anyways, this week, but yeah, he's not a guy I'm trying to get after too hard. Uh, now, if let's say MBS or even Juju's available, that's a whole different story. I would definitely try to get them on your team just because they, between those two and Kelsey, it's, they are without a doubt the, the top targets in the past game. The other one was Daniel Jones, who, as you know, I've been in quarterback hell in a few leagues this year because I took those bums, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, who stink at football, and I don't know what the hell I was thinking. So I've tried to get through with Jared Goff, and then I was hoping to catch lightning in a bottle with Bailey Zappi, and Lord knows what they might do moving forward in New England now after what we saw last night. Um Daniel Jones had a huge game, but that came with 100 yards rushing, and I don't know that we can count on Daniel Jones turning into Lamar Jackson and regularly rushing for a boatload of yards. What do we look at with Daniel Jones? Is he someone that can solve my quarterback conundrum? I don't know if he solves your quarterback conundrum, but he's definitely a guy that you probably want to put on your bench just because, again, we're in bye weeks. Uh, I do think it's kind of strange that we have two teams on a bye this week. Next week we have six teams on a bye. I don't know who does the scheduling at the NFL, but that just seems a little uh, little weird to me. So he might be a guy that you're going to play, let's say, next week if you have one of their guys on a bye. Uh, the two that you mentioned, I have said in recent weeks that it's almost time to put those guys on the rivers just because of what we have seen. Uh, Russell's battling an injury, and then God knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. That whole offense just stinks. But um, with Daniel Jones, yeah, he's a guy that when you're getting points from him, it's because of what he did last week. And I think that was the case a lot of times last year as well. He's not going to be a guy that, let's say, runs or, excuse me, passes for 300 yards and three touchdowns, which you're getting from the elite guys. But every now and then, you're going to get a game like that where he goes for, let's say, 75 to 100 yards rushing. And, you know, pass yards don't get the same amount of points as rushing yards. 
depending on your league settings, rushing touchdowns get you more than passing touchdowns. Uh, and then the way they're kind of doing it now with Saquon, it looks like with that RPO is going and the way he's is able to move in and out of the pocket, that he will get you some points. But then you also know on the flip side, he's very turnover prone, especially when it comes to fumbles. He's not the most accurate passer in the world. So, yeah, he's a spot start guy for me. I'm uh, willing to throw a couple dollars at him if you're, you know, in that situation, like I said, next week where you got six quarterbacks that are on a bye. But is he your answer moving forward? I'm I'm a little bit weary to say that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid of, and I'm still going to be lost, hoping for help that probably isn't going to come, and I'm just going to have to try to survive having nothing or Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback for the rest of the season, which stinks. Go ahead, Griffin. Uh, so what if you are like me and you have Travis Kelsey on by this week? What am I supposed to do at tight end? Uh, the guy that I've been targeting, I've wrote about him in recent weeks, and I still don't understand how he's rostered in less than 50% of leagues uh, between ESPN and Yahoo. It's Evan Ingram for the Jaguars. I'm pretty sure I talked about him last week. I probably talked about him the week before, too. Uh, he's getting peppered with targets. Uh, one thing that we have always known about Doug Peterson offenses is he likes to get the tight end involved. Evan Ingram has always had the skills. Uh, he does have issues with drops every now and then, and he can get injured. So he's a guy I would definitely consider. And kind of a dark horse and getting a little bit more run now is uh, Greg Dolchich. I think I pronounced his name correctly. Yeah. For the Broncos, uh, he was a guy that I kind of spot started in daily this week because he was super, super cheap. Uh, he's basically taking over as the lead tight end for the Broncos now, and, and as long as Brett Rippon is in there, uh, it looks like he's going to kind of check it down a little bit more than, let's say, Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson, as I just talked about, kind of stinks this year as well. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, on the same road, or same road there, Albert O has basically been way out of the picture for pretty much most of the season, and he was one of my... Uh, my fantasy sleepers heading this year. So, yeah, those are two guys to kind of keep an eye on if they're available for you to go grab. Being Ingram definitely being the better of the two if he's available. I uh, I used Dolchich in the league where he saved my – in my Darren Waller league, he saved my ass this weekend. So uh, I, uh, there you was, go. I was scrambling on Sunday morning, and that's what I was able to find, and it worked out quite well for me. Not that it was Monster Day, but uh, in a year where tight end has been an, uh, just abysmal, it uh, it was a saving savior for me. Uh, Joe, anybody we haven't mentioned that uh, we need to make sure we're keeping on our radar for waiver wire or, or for picking up later on the week? Oh, well, so uh, the other person I had in my article was Paris Campbell. I talked about him yeah, last week. Yeah, he uh, he is now in the past two weeks he's got I believe it's twenty three targets, which is the fourth most in the NFL the past two weeks. Now things changed a little bit just because of the quarterback change in Indianapolis. Uh, I mean, Matt Ryan. I don't know what they're going to do with that whole situation with the contract. Uh, it looks like they're putting him on the shelf for Sam Ellinger. Uh, Sam Ellinger does give them a little bit more in the pocket in the sense of his athleticism. I do think, honestly, I think that helps out Jonathan Taylor a little bit. They'll be able to get more creative with certain things. But I don't think it shifts a whole lot what they're going to do in the past game. So if Paris Campbell is available, uh, try to grab him, let's say, for 2 $3. See if he still continues to get that massive target share. Uh, just because teams are putting their number ones on Michael Pittman, and Campbell has been the beneficiary of that. So if he's out there, scoop him up. Don't necessarily start him this week, just because God, I want to see how things play out with Ellinger. But yeah, he's the guy that I'm trying to, in deeper leagues, I'm trying to pick him up, just because 
you can't ignore when somebody's getting 23 targets in two games. Uh, that's fair. That's completely fair, and I have no idea what to make of Sam Ellinger. What a weird scenario that is. We haven't even talked about it yet today. All right, uh, at Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. Everyday content, pressboxonline.com, where he is the clicks king these days. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Joe Serpico joining us here on GCR, getting us ready for Waiver Wire Wednesday. I really don't know what to do about quarterback, man. It's really, it's quite frustrating for me. I was so hoping that Bailey Zappi was like my seriously grabbing lightning in a bottle. Grabbed him in every league. And uh, I have no idea if he'll play. I have no clue. Because, I mean, he looked good for two drives. And then <laughs> all I would, I would feel better about Daniel Jones than Rodgers, I think, if I were you moving forward. I mean, I, I guess... I don't really. Again, I think I, he's got the safer you, floor, you know, uh, with the with the rushing yards that he tends to. But he's not going to have a hundred rushing yards. Yeah, but like, he'll have if he has fifty or sixty, which uh, I think he typically has, doesn't he? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Mon- I believe it or not, I haven't monitored every yeah. week of Daniel Jones' rushing yards all season. I just know he hasn't been averaging a hundred. And so when that when that popped up, I said, "Well, that's that's definitely noteworthy." But I'm not sure whether or not that's something that I can bank on for the rest of the year. I. I also don't know if I really want to use a waiver claim on Daniel Jones, and there's got to be somebody else who's quarterback desperate this week. Um, he's had three games uh, yeah, okay. of 50 yards. Three, three games of 60 yards. He's had Thank 68 you. yards. Thank you. At least You're right. three, actually. Right, and then the other four, he has 37. Had, and then yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not – it's been – there's no consistency at all with Daniel Jones running the ball this season. <sighs> well – I mean, is Jameis Winston back this week? I think that's, that's the, the I, I that think that's the, the word was yeah. that they thought he could be back this week. That could week. be a potential pickup. That's over a, Daniel Jones for it for a week until he stinks again or until he gets hurt again. I mean, like Dan Jameis Winston is not the answer. I mean, I had Andy Dalton on my bench with damn near forty it's points bad. this week. So it's bad. I can't believe I wasn't the guy that went out and got Geno Smith. I can't believe that the answer all along was Geno Smith. <laughs> I was the one who failed to figure that out. That's on me. Nothing we can do about it now. Hey, uh, you don't want to be the one that doesn't figure out the Guilford Hall Brewery is the place to hang out this Saturday night. They got a big Halloween party, live music, costume contest. It's free to get in. If you've not tried out Guilford Hall Brewery's wonderful craft beer selection, including the Guilford Hall Lager, you got to get there immediately. Their Bavarian-style menu is amazing as well. Um, It's just a gem. It's such a great place. There's so much going on at Guilford Hall Brewery right here in Station North. You're going to say to yourself, this this is here? This is amazing. This is among the great breweries you'll ever find in your life. The atmosphere is incredible. GuilfordHall.com is the website. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Before we turn things over to Simply the Bets, let's get a tidbit tidbit and or you know i make a go for all brewery brings this tidbit that's how we'll handle this what we got uh okay so this was i saw this one like this morning so a random like mariners fan account tweeted in november of 2019 who the next 10 world series champions would be mm. and so they 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 have been two for two already and so they said dodgers would win 2020 braves would win 2021 and then they have the phillies winning 2022 and they predicted the rest of the decade, but it's just very, very interesting that this person got this got the two for two so far. 
Um, and then uh, they're okay, very, very hope, close to three for I, three. I hope they bet a bunch of money on it. <laughs> I hope they bet. They had they, they predicted the Orioles to win in 2029. Okay. All right. That's not nothing. That's <laughs> not as soon as we were hoping, but, you know, <laughs> like better than the never. All right. And then another uh, random fact, despite being swept in three games, the Mariners played more innings against the Astros than the Yankees did in the ALCS. Because of the 18 inning extra innings, so it was okay. actually they played 212 outs in the Mariners Astros series and 210 in the Yankees Astros. I mean, thought that was uh, that's very that is very interesting. I'll give you that. It's very uh, interesting. And then finally, Justin Fields he became the first player to have to have one game of uh, of 80 yards rushing, a rushing touchdown, and a passing touchdown in each of his first two seasons. He's the first that, player to do that. I don't know that that's an accomplishment. <laughs> like, it's impressive. That's an anomaly. Uh, and then, so he also joins ten like, other QBs as uh, the only quarterback to have more than one of those types of games in their entire career. So, he, he, enjoy, ten. he ha- ten, ten other players have had, had multiple games of eighty yards rushing, the passing, and a rushing touchdown. Correct. Lamar Jackson. He is number one, seven for Lamar Jackson. Stunning. Yeah. Um, Michael Vick. Michael Vick has four. Steve Young. Steve Young is he's a good guess, but he does not have multiple. Okay. I can, maybe is it possible he doesn't even have one? That would be surprising. Yeah. But sure. Uh, Fran Tarkenton. No. Okay. Um, five I'm, guys have more than two, so maybe if it, you want to make it simpler, shorter, a shorter list. Five guys have more than two yes and so you named Vic and Lamar already so you got three uh, Randall Cunningham Randall Cunningham a good guess not on here C- Cordell Stewart not on here go you can get in that's fine. Russell, Russell Wilson that's what, you know what I was about to say Russell Wilson good guess it. that is correct Russell Wilson is second he has five games look at of you 80 rushing and look at you rushing and a passing touchdown um Josh Allen Josh Allen has three good guess uh, Mahomes, not Patrick Mahomes. Looking for volume. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton rounds out the top five with four. Do you want to keep trying to guess the guys that have multiple? Mm, Bailey Zappi. No. Probably not <laughs> Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Maybe I, a guy you're picking up on the waiver wire this week. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has two <laughs> of them. <laughs> okay. That's that's my guy. Two more active. Two more two are more not are in football, active. but they've played this millennium. They played this millennium. Yeah. Okay. One former so, Raven, actually. One former Raven. Not known for his time as a Raven. Not known for maybe, his time maybe. as nah, a Raven. Nah. Oh, my. I, you're making it very difficult. Tyrod. No. RG3. RG3 is correct. Okay. RG3 has two of them. Good one. Well, all right. Just tell me that. Uh, we got Kyler Murray, Marcus Mariota okay. both have two. Yeah, Donovan sure. McNabb has two. It's a little bit surprising. It he wasn't surprising. much of a runner. Yeah. That's um, and that is the rounds at the top ten. Those are the ten. Well, I guess eleven players, including Justin Fields, now that have. Uh, I just don't know that, that is a specific rushing. impressive. Like the eighty yards rushing. I mean, like again, I get some it. If good you, company up here. Like Lamar I, Jackson. I feel like if you Josh did Allen. that with a passing yards number, that becomes a more impressive statistic. Just a a random passing touchdown. Right, like I think is less. The, the problem is like we've all seen Justin Fields. We know he's not really very good. Like that's the issue with trying to make it seem like that's a statistic. Right, that's so if you make it 200 passing yards, uh-huh. Russell Wilson's still done it five times. Uh huh. 
Cam Newton's still done it four times. Lamar's only done it three times, and those are the top but, three guys. But, to but how many times has Justin Fields done it? Justin Fields has done it, uh, yeah, zero. That, I mean, that, <laughs> that to me is the why I don't think that statistic is very valuable. But I, look, I get it. It fits the bill of, of a trivia question. I'm not mad at you. I just don't, <laughs> I don't think it's a, a particularly meaningful statistic. All right, uh, Totally Tubular, brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can reserve yours today at ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE and save $100 when you do. Not a lot going on with no baseball. Uh, Maryland soccer is in action tonight at 7 o'clock against Delaware on Big Ten Network Plus. Pissons Wizards at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. TNT's got Mavs Pelicans at 7.30. Warrior Suns, that's a pretty good one at 10 o'clock tonight. ESPN, Avalanche Rangers at 8, Golden Knights Sharks at 10.30. Uh, the Champions League this afternoon, all the matches are on Paramount+. Plus. The Golazo Show at 3 on CBS Sports Network. And USA for WWE NXT tonight at 8 as well. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, Bachelor in Paradise, of course. Oh, yeah, that's Charlize a big one. Theron and Lewis Hamilton will be on Jimmy Kimmel. Package deal, they go everywhere yeah. together. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver will be on Fallon. Um, and then Eddie Redmayne on Stephen Colbert. And then, uh, and then the f- season one finale of Reboot, as well as the season one finale of The Patient on Hulu. I do wish I would have watched Reboot. I don't know. At some point, I'll have It'll time still be to get into yeah. it. I don't know. I just I don't, I've, I've run out of time to watch things yeah. of late. I like I started episode one of Wrexham and didn't even finish episode one. <laughs> like that's how little time I have at this point. Is that like so I was, it's not that it was, was a bad fi- show? No, was, I was okay. finally ready to get into it, and I just I haven't had the opportunity to. Hopefully. As it gets colder and there's less sports going on, uh, I will have a little bit more time to dive into some shows here. All right. Uh, thanks today to ooh, oh, Micah. You want to plug your your uh, your, your Micah underscore Ernest on Micah Instagram. Micah dot Ernest. Micah, that's right. Dot. You Ernest. must not follow me. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Follow him on Instagram. Thanks today to uh, Joe Serpico. Thanks also to Ian Beckles down in Tampa. We'll get those things up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Any anything tomorrow or? Uh, stuff and things. Stuff and things tomorrow. Okay. Stuff and things tomorrow on the show. It'll be a big be a big one. Be a big lots of stuff. Yeah. All the things. Stuff and things and stuff. Stuff and things. We'll be stuffing things. Maybe we, you can watch us stuff things. Tune in for that. Thanks everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Whew. Uh, Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill. Thanks to them for stopping by. That was wonderful. Royal Farms, the Costa Sin, Guilford All Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you are with us on video, give us a minute. Go back to where you started. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simply the bets. Coming up next.
Back in here for Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass. In just a couple of seconds, we'll head out to Vegas. Our buddy Aaron Oster is standing by. He will get us his five L's for sports betting. And then later on in the show, Assistant General Manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, Ryan Horodisky, will join us. Talk about more about what's going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. That's all on the way here on today's show. Again, the FanDuel Sportsbook is always the best place to watch and bet on everything football throughout the week. The World Series getting underway this weekend. Basketball and hockey seasons now very much underway. Best place to watch and bet on all of them. The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right. Joining us now from Mountain Vegas, man who had a roughish week last week. He is our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN. He's with us now here in Simply the Bets. What's going on, pal? How are you? Yeah, looking to recover after last week. This was honestly my first really bad overall weekend of the NFL uh, season. You know what's Just funny about that? Could this, not hit. This was a really good weekend for your boy. Like I, in my so our, our our picks contest, I was only fine, but in the actual bets mm-hmm. that I made, I did yep. I, I parlayed Ravens first half and regulation. Um, okay, and and it was it was narrow on both, but both hit, which was a nice hit for me. Um, I had I had I didn't have the Seahawks winning outright, and I wish I would have. Like I wish I would have gone that bold. But um, yep. I grabbed them. I grabbed the Chiefs, and I had another one that I actually put a. Uh, oh, I uh, I had Alabama covering the uh, twenty-one against Mississippi State. So the actual bets that I go. made this weekend, uh, I was four for four. It was a very lovely weekend for your boy this weekend. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do this the other way. Maybe you should ask me what I think the bets should be for this week. Um, there we go. Aaron missed on uh, Maryland. I didn't bet that one, but in our picks contest, I did. I just I. I I, I know you had the under, and I get the thought process. I, I totally understood. Maryland's defense has been just a bit shaky of late. So then it would be in 55 points there, and you loved the Falcons, who let us down the first time all year. Yeah. They failed to cover the spread against the Bengals. So they're now 6-1 and one against the spread on the season. Yeah. Now, now, Griffin does point out good news for you. Back on August 23rd. There's several good news, yeah. Back on August yeah. 23rd, you said – it's only minus 135. Bet Maryland over five and a half wins. Mm-hmm. And they're already over. Now, things look a little bit dicey from here. I do still think that there's that Rutgers, we can assume, would be a win. But I don't even know if we can assume Wisconsin's a win any longer. Wisconsin's actually turned things around a good bit. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. Oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not assuming that one. <laughs> but doesn't matter. They've already got the six. That's the number you needed. So if you bet with Aaron back on August 23rd, you are already able to cash that ticket as Maryland is up to six wins on the season. So there is some good news there. Let's try to find some more yeah. good news this week. Five L's of sports betting, a local, a long-term, a long shot, a loser, and a lovable bet for the week. Where do we start with a local bet? Well, we have Thursday Night Football for the Ravens this week, which means, not necessarily at FanDuel yet, but probably later in the day, we are going to get props nice and early for this one. So I can look at the prop market for a local bet finally, which makes me happy because I do tend to do a little better in props than I do at uh, regular picks. And for this game against the Buccaneers, I'm looking at that uh, 
sketchy, I will just say, Buccaneers offense and try to figure out exactly what they're going to do. And over the past few years, when Tom Brady has gone through a rough patch, the next game, and we did see this last week, even though it ended up in a loss, and even though uh, he ended up dropping a huge pass that would have really changed the tone of the game early, and, and he even said it after. But he goes to Mike Evans. He goes to Mike Evans early and often, and he tries to get Mike Evans involved in the game. I do see yardage props out at a couple other books. It's at 68.5. I like that over at 68.5. And, and depending on what the reception prop is, I wouldn't mind the over. If it's 5.5, I definitely take the over. 6.5, I'm a little bit uh, more wary of it, and I don't know whether it's going to be 5.5 or 6.5. I assume it's going to be one of those two plays. So if it's 5.5, I definitely play it. But since we don't know and we know around where the uh, yardage is going to be, I will just say Mike Evans over 68 and a half receiving yards. I think I like that. I mean, I think in, in general, I would always like that. I, I just everything is so weird with the Buccaneers right now, man. That I I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to bet anything related to them. It's very confusing to me, and I'm still <laughs> like I still am of the belief that at some point that's still Tom Brady and that's still Mike Evans, like. It, it can't just be this bad. There's an argument that, like, if they want to fix it, the way they should be fixing it is by running way more than what they've been running to this point. And if they do that, then that might end up hurting Mike Evans. But I I get it. More often than not, I'm going to assume Mike Evans is going to go over 68 and a half yards. I don't know. I, I, I think if you said yes or no, I'd say yes. But my first answer would be I just probably wouldn't bet anything related to the Buccaneers yep. until I have... I have some sort of feel. Yeah, this is tricky for me. I, I don't like betting um, Thursday night football. I don't like this at all. Like I've, yep. been, I've been betting the Ravens' first quarter, first half. They've been very good um, in the first half all season. They have not lost a first half all year. Like I just nothing about Thursday night football makes me want to bet things like that. I just I tend to want to stay away from them. Yeah. Um, if you told me that I had to bet something more traditional for it, I would lean towards under forty-five and a half, just because between you know Thursday night unders right. and. The fact that the Buccaneers' offense does look so bad, I'd lean that way. And the Ravens but appeared a little bit more inclined to to try to run the ball on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. By the way, that might if again if I had to make one, that you might be right. That might be the one that I'd be inclined to make. All right. Yep. Uh, let's look a little bit more into the future. What's the futures bet that you like? What's your long term pick? Um, you know, over the past two months, I've been kind of dancing around various Eagles bets. I, I think I said they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC a month or six weeks ago, something around that. Uh, I had said don't play the uh, undefeated season last week, even though I said, hey, th- there's a chance they do go undefeated. Just don't play it at this number because that's not good. Um, I found another bet. You know, FanDuel kind of likes to alternate what futures they have available, especially on Tuesdays. Um, and this one's up, and it's a number that I'm still very, very comfortable with. And that's uh, to have the best record in the NFL. We've talked about this a few times. Their schedule is really, really soft. They are good. It's getting really hard to see them winning less than, certainly less than 14 games and probably 15 or 16 games, honestly, uh, in the season because the schedule is so soft. They're not even the favorite right now. The Bills are still the favorite at plus 125. So at plus 150, an implied probability of 40%, uh, I really like the Eagles to have the best record in the NFL. I get it. I completely get it. Um, I don't. I mean, I still don't think that they're they're going to go uh, unbeaten. I still think you stay away from that bet. Um, yep. You know, there's there's uh, what happens if Jalen were to get hurt at some point. You know, like there's sure. there's some risk in there. 
to your point, like, is there an argument that they should be the team with the best odds because they're the team that's unbeaten? It, it's an interesting thing, right? I think everybody on the planet that isn't that doesn't isn't a passionate Philadelphia Eagles fan believes the Bills the best team in the NFL right now. But sure, you know, yeah, they're the one that doesn't have any losses. And to your point about the schedule, it doesn't look daunting. Although the division games definitely look more interesting than we thought they were going to be a few weeks ago, right? Like they got lucky that they didn't have to face Dak the first time. I'm not saying that they would have lost that game, but you know, if Dak is playing, then the Cowboys are probably a bit trickier in Texas later in the season. Um, yep. we, we, we've dismissed the Giants as much as we have all season, but at some point we do are, we're forced to acknowledge. I'm pretty sure, by the mm-hmm. way, the Giants are dogs again this week, aren't they? Uh, the Giants are. I believe that is the case. I need to actually take yeah, a, a closer can, look at those probably, one game. So I just didn't want. I can. Yeah. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. dogs. Yeah. Three the Giants. Point. Giants are. Yep. Three point dogs to Seattle. The other team. That's just like we got to right, figure out what they and that's are. The, and I get it. Like we think, you know, Seattle. We shouldn't be disrespecting Seattle either. Like I understand that, but nope. it's it's amazing how much we're just going to keep doing this with the Giants, where we keep pretending like it's not happening, and they still have two games left with the Giants this season as well. So. Yep. I, you know, I, I, I get it. I At the do. same time, the bill, yeah, the bill, the Bills do have at Cincinnati, which is if you're taking, you know, both right. schedules, probably the hardest game on either schedule, and you know they got the Dolphins. They do have, and the Jets aren't um, nothing anymore either. Like, right, exactly. So Vikings aren't nothing. So like the the Bills schedule is harder. As much, you know, you're on, right. It's hang on, not wait, a simple, wait, what what uh, is the the Vikings game? Is that a primetime game? The Viking. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, no, right now it's. Ah, well, then, you know what? Yeah. You're right. That is tricky. I, I agree with you. <laughs> if it's, as long as most people aren't watching, the Vikings are yeah. really tricky. As soon as you get to the point where everybody's paying attention, no, that's 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 not the case any longer. All right. Uh, what about a long shot? What's an underdog that you like a great deal this week? Uh, so I've kind of been. I've started to do my research in college basketball. You know, that's my favorite sport. It's it's early, but it's not that early. We're only a few weeks away from uh, college basketball season started starting. Um, obviously, the AP poll came out last week. We have a lot of the. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the story was there. We'll try to get that figured out. As uh, Aaron Oster is with us from Veasan out in Vegas. It's so funny. I was about to bring up to him that uh, there's not a lot of college basketball available. Like, there's just not a lot going on there, unfortunately. We will try to pull him back up. I was looking at the, the options for college basketball futures bets just a second ago. Aaron, is that, uh, tell me where we're, you, you're, you're telling us about college basketball. Yeah, so I was saying uh, AP poll came out last week. We had a lot of the metrics, the Ken Poms, the Bart Torvik, all of these really starting to release their numbers as well. And there's one... Uh, one team that's really, it doesn't seem to add up what their odds are and where they seem to be ranked by both the uh, people and, uh, and the metrics, and that's Tennessee. Tennessee and the computer numbers can be third or fourth, depending on which one you're using in the AP poll. They're 11th, but right now they're 31 to win the national title. And obviously this is a good team with uh, some really solid returning players as well. Good transfer. And I, I think they're going to compete for the SEC title. They're thirty to one right now to win the national championship, and I think that's worth the play okay. at uh, thirty to one. It'll, you know, it's something again when you're talking about numbers here. You're looking for value more than necessarily who you think is the absolute best. 
And I think that number should be, you know, kind of up in the teens more than 30. I, I was a little caught off guard by how few college basketball bets are available so far. Is that normal? Mm-hmm. Is that what it looks like at, at every book? Is there just a reason why, you know, like we're still we're two weeks out and we have so little to work with for college basketball? Yeah, it's a little bit unusual, but it's not overly. And I think Vandal actually did just put out, I think they're the first ones to market on uh, the four conferences they have right now. Okay. So I do expect this week to see a little bit more of that start to roll out. Usually those conference odds will come out uh, about two weeks before, so we're heading right around that quarter where those conference odds should come out. Um, but, yes, it is. it does feel a little bit later. But, no, it's not totally unusual, and, and FanDuel actually is ahead of the game as far as those conferences go. Right, very interesting. All right, Aaron Oster is with us from VEASAN out in Vegas. Let's get to the one that you say, whatever you do, do not make this bet. It stinks. It's not the one. Do anything. Just don't make it. What's a loser this week? Um, you know, I, I like to teach people things when I'm doing this, or at least try to teach people things. So this is as much of a concept one as it is an actual bet because last night – uh, when Bailey Zappi came in and threw that touchdown, people absolutely lost their minds when it came to finding ways of betting Bailey Zappi. To the point where, while at the FanDuel Sportsbook, they took that down. The books that kept Offensive Rookie of the Year up had Bailey Zappi at one point yesterday down to plus 500 wow. to win the award. Wow. It moved from either 50 to 1 to a, or 100 to 1 all the way down to, you know, anywhere from plus 500 to plus 1,400. Now, the line has come back up for the books that have taken it down. And at FanDuel, it's only 20 to 1, which, by the way, I still think is way too low. And you might roll your eyes, well, of course, a 20 to 1 shouldn't be listed as a loser. But because everybody was losing their minds, and, and kind of the lesson here is don't lose your mind over one play. I understand that you get excited, you think you have a chance to get a big number, but when it comes to such a volatile market like that in such a volatile situation, especially in a primetime game like that, don't lose your mind over one play or even two plays uh, in the case of Bailey Zappi and just kind of take a breath before you make a bet. But, yes, uh, Bailey Zappi to win Rookie of the Year at 20-1 to 1 is my official loser. I, I hear you. And, and, look, I'm in a weird place because I, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback moving forward. And, and the overall point of don't, overreact to one play I, I I think is very smart I'm still not ruling out the possibility that Bailey's happy if he becomes the quarterback just because quarterbacks have such an inherent advantage in these situations mm-hmm. and there's no like Kenny Pickett's been okay but nothing I mean I, I'm, I'm even kind of stretching to say he's been okay I I know that Kenneth Walker looks really good right now but if Bailey yep. Zappi ends up being the Patriots quarterback the rest of the way, I just think the quarterbacks have such an inherent advantage. I'm not sure yet that it's a bad bet. I think betting so dramatically in one moment is bad, but at 20 to 1 on somebody that might prove to be the best rookie quarterback this season, I'm not sure that that's a bad bet necessarily. Not one I'd be in a rush to make, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah I, I actually do think that, uh, I was, I was going to say, like, I think that short of him coming in and at really winning, um, obviously. I, I think that if he had come in and won yesterday, it would, we'd be talking about a different thing because then all of a sudden you're starting to talk about the things outside of stats, talking about you know winning records and how good the team yep. is. 
I think that loss yesterday hurts his uh, candidacy considerably. Yeah, but, you know, he didn't start the game, right? Like, I, I don't know how much it hurts him. If, again, the, the big the, what hurts is, is he going to be the quarterback or not, right? right. Like, that's yeah. what really hurts. If they're going to go back to Mac Jones, then he's got no chance. <laughs> it's, it's, he's well, dead. Course, yeah. But if he yeah. is going to be the quarterback moving forward, I again, just the inherent advantage that quarterbacks have in these situations – combined with the fact that there aren't other legitimate quarterback candidates, opens it up. Now, you know, if if George Pickens is really on his way to having a monster season, or if Kenneth Walker keeps this up, then you've got to be better than just the guy that was the best quarterback, right? Like, you've got you've mm-hmm. to really play well, so we'll see. But I, 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 that's an interesting one to me at the moment. I'm not, I'm not saying I think it's a, a, a good one. I, I don't know. It's just interesting to me where you are with that. And then um, yep. the one that you do love, the one that you say absolutely get there, get there immediately, bum a ride, you know, hitchhike, whatever you got to do in order to get the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Well, uh, I'm going to baseball for this one. It is the World Series, and even though I lost my uh, Astros over Braves bet a few weeks ago, you did. Um, you know, I, I said at the time the reason I was looking for that was because I was looking for value on the Houston Astros. I think the Houston Astros are the best team, and I think that that uh, really compounds just by this matchup. There's not a lot of places, even though you know you can say that the Phillies right, they have the momentum, they're a buzzsaw right now. When you break down the you know position by position, the lineup, the the uh, starting pitchers, the bullpen, the has the Astros have the Phillies in just about every department there. And uh, I, I just plain and simple, I think the Astros are the better team. I think they are going to win this, and I am looking for to play this. And so at FanDuel, they do have a uh, spread on the series itself. You can play the Astros minus one and a half games. So basically, as long as the Astros win and it doesn't go seven games, if they win 4-2, 4-1, or 4-0, you get the win. That's plus money right now. Uh, It's plus 114. So, you know, I, I like the idea of playing the Astros, getting plus money. So give me that Astros minus one and a half games I, at plus one fourteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with you and say yes. I am in agreement on that. I am in agreement. Here's what I don't understand. So I don't know if you saw this in the line total parlays. It's uh, uh, I. It's got Astros go ahead, minus one and a half and under six and a half, right? which it doesn't say specifically is for game one, and that makes me wonder if it's for the series on the whole, which if it is, and you're betting the Astros with the minus one and a half, then wouldn't that, of course, come along with betting under six and a half games because they can't win a seven-game series by by more than one and a half. So right. wouldn't you take that parlay at plus 410 then? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not totally sure I, I i don't think i saw this exact uh market but yeah i mean that's wait so you're saying that you parlay yeah astro is winning the series by minus one and a half and again this is what makes it confusing because they have it listed as line run line total runs parlay but they don't say it's for game one which is the part that i'm confused well by. any okay 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 if they say run line uh-huh. that is that is a single game run line so is i don't the, understand why the they picture. don't have all right they, they need to do a better job of that they need to do a yeah, much so, better so, job so of so that. i think i think what they are saying is you're betting on the run line in game one and then the overall games or or wait hold on say this again it was run, run line, line and total then run parlay yeah so you're you're betting on okay, the so, so to I, win. I think that's just 
It's got to be game yeah, no, one. I, I, I agree. Oh, you yeah, know what? It's a single game. It's a single I, game I, I see what they're doing. Yeah. They've separated. This is this might be on yeah. me. It's wonky, but they've kind of separated it with the patch. I I yeah. I wish they would just say game one. There is what I would say. But yeah, and, that, and, and the to- yeah the the total is six and a half for game one. So that is okay. definitely and there you go. Game. There's You're your answer. There's your answer. Yep. That uh, Glenn's the idiot. I am happy to say <laughs> that I'm the idiot. All right, pal. Uh, what's going on with Eason? Uh, you know, you, we have our NBA, NHL underway. We have our guide still out and available, and plenty of futures still worth playing in that if you like to get in early. Very few of the markets have moved in the first couple weeks of this season, and we do have college basketball coming out, but we will have a college basketball guide coming out probably next week sometime. So you'll want to check check out that and everything else we have available at season.com. All right. At the AOster on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Hope everyone has their best. That's Aaron Oster from VEASAN out in Vegas. When we come back in, we will head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook, find out what's going on there this week. Ryan Hordeisky with the Assistant General Manager for the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland joins us next. Simply the Bets. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash press sports we apologize in advance 
There's not much we can do about his face. This is actually Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. And again, as we look ahead to Thursday night football, Ravens are favored on the road, which I get because the Buccaneers have been a disaster. But I just don't like Thursday night football road favorites. That's tricky to me. That's that's dicey. Right now... It's uh, the Ravens minus one and a half. The number is actually gone down. It's now 45 and a half is the total for uh, Thursday night football. The Ravens are minus 118 favorites on the money line. Tampa is plus 100 on the money line for Thursday night football uh, coming up on, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm in, a, I'm in a weird place where I keep saying I still think the Buccaneers could end up being the Buccaneers again. I still think Tom Brady could be Tom Brady again. I still think that Mike Evans, you know, dropping the ball. Like, I I still think that they're still the Buccaneers. So, I'm, I'm in a weird place. I don't know that I believe that they'll be that on Thursday, but I do think that the quick turnaround mitigates some of that. So, I'm nervous about that. I'm apprehensive. I'm right now staying away from that game. Um, betting-wise at the moment. I'm going to dive into some more of the options as the week goes on and think about whether or not maybe I want to take some other chances on that game. Let's talk more about that. Everything going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. He is their assistant GM, Ryan Hordisky, and he's with us now here on on Simply the Bets, that is. Ryan, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time. What's going on, Glenn? Happy to fill in for Leon every once in a while here. Yeah, right. Everything good. Um, I imagine I, I always like to start with this with Leon. I always want to know how the books did, and I feel like very often the books tend to do about as well as the Ravens do. With the Ravens not covering on Sunday, was it a good weekend for the book? Yeah, I would say that trend definitely continued again this week. Uh, when the Ravens lose, typically that's a good performance for the book, and obviously when the bigger favorites don't win and cover as well. That's another big boost for the book. So Packers and Buccaneers both going down hard for the book to lose. You mean, you mean to tell me that people didn't have commander's fever around here, that they weren't all over betting the Manders against the Packers on Sunday? We really don't see a lot of commander's action. That's so weird. That's so I surprising, guess, Ryan. Yeah. They're so good. I can't believe that you don't get a bunch of action on the Manders. They're clearly capable of surprises here and there, so they got the job done, helped us out of it still. That is true. There's no doubt. Um, what else? What other, What were the other bigger big storylines for you guys this week? Yeah, it was another you know winning weekend overall. We had a lot going on Saturday as well with uh, an historic MMA card, I would say. Uh, we had one or two you know sizable wagers that came in and hit on Saturday, but overall pretty winning week. Uh, we did get hit for a big one yesterday. We had a better bold enough to put 5K down on a Spurs-Bears money line two-team parlay. What? 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 Like, the funny thing is the Bears are only the second most surprising part about that parlay. I can't believe any human being put any American dollars down on the San Antonio Spurs on the money line. Holy f! I do you do you happen to know if this person's like a a, a pro or or how how in the world would somebody think to put that parlay down? I don't know. 
I don't know. That's a, that's a wild one for sure. I don't have the courage to do something like that. No they both, both closed around plus 300 or so, plus 290, I think, Swiss Spurs, Bears, plus 320 or so I have here. So 5K, that turns into about 77K after that one. Wow, man. That is – hey, look, you know uh, – Good on you. Good on you. Every now and then, something like that hits, and it's a big deal. Any other big wins that happened over the course of the weekend? That was by far the biggest we've had in some time. Um, we had one decently long parlay for MMA hit. I think that was about 800 into 35, 40K, something in that range. But most of the MMA, I think we turned out pretty profitable as well there, even with O'Malley getting a, a shocking win. I know, uh, I know. Griffin liked that one, but he didn't bet it like an idiot. He bet the Oliveira, and uh, he took the L on that one. He helped you guys out a bit on Saturday. He is Ryan Hordisky is with us here on Simply the Bets, the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Um, you mentioned obviously uh, the big fights on Saturday in the UFC. We got another one of these bizarro cards coming up this Saturday in boxing, where it's headlined by, oh, for f's sake. One of the Paul brothers uh, boxing against Anderson Silva. What, do you guys get action on these cards? Like, are these a big deal for you guys? Is Am I the old man yelling at the cloud that these things bother me because everybody else loves them? You're right. The people do love them. We'll definitely have Jake Paul and Anderson Silva on Saturday here at the Sportsbook. Um, it's, you know, a public name like that. It's going to bring in a lot of eyes whether they're in here to bet, watch, you know, just hang out because he's super popular. So we're expecting a pretty sizable crowd for Jake Paul anytime he's getting in the ring. Why does it feel to me like all of these fights have ended in draws? Like, why does it feel to me like that no one has actually won outside of the, like, Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor fight once upon a time? Like, why does it feel like any of these like, kind of silly fights have always gone to draws? I agree. It definitely does seem that way. I'm not anywhere near a boxing expert but when you're getting paid so much money just to get in the ring and you know show your face for a lot of promos and branding mm. maybe the yeah. fighting actually falls right. to right. the wayside you're less inclined you're less inclined to try to feel the need at the moment if this interests you jake paul is a minus 154 favorite against anderson silva who's plus 120 on saturday and i would Offer you advice, but Lord, I have no idea. Like, I couldn't possibly tell you what you should do with this, but if you want to watch and bet on the fight, you can do it in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. What else is going on this week down in the FanDuel Sportsbook, man? Yeah, so another big weekend coming up with that, like you just said, and we do have another sizable update, I would say, coming to the Sportsbook as we're going to have early cash out available That's tomorrow right. pending any whoa, whoa. Did you, you know, say technical difficulties you said tomorrow it's coming it is expected tomorrow wow um, as well as at our dc location and some others later this week so it's coming out at a number of our fandle properties across the estate won't be available for samian parlay samian parlay plus or on our bet pads but something that our betters have been asking for a while should be interesting to see how that goes. So yeah, Leon explained to me that the way it would work, you would you would take your ticket back to one of the kiosks, rate it, and then they would offer you the cash out then, correct? 
Right. Assuming that the market is still available to be traded, you know, whether it's live or pregame, it should have an offer for you and you can accept it or not. But we are hopefully going to be directing a lot of those guests towards the kiosk. So we're not tying up constant, you know, requests to see what the reoffers right, are at the our window. counter. Yeah, I get that. And, and, and are we still, I, I remember Leon had been talking, there were some more kiosks that were coming too as well, correct? We may not get those after all. Uh, we did get approved okay. for six more that were supposedly going to be coming, but some complications on the back end and, in addition to us having online betting available in the next month or two, yeah, that uh, is it seems like we may not get those after that, all. That is a fair point. That is a very significant. Um, uh, after the events of the last week, it does appear as though finally, after a after a long time, we are moving in that direction. That before the end of the calendar year, that uh, online betting will be available in the state of Maryland, which we're excited about that. Um, so that's going on. You mentioned the fights. And then I imagine you guys are expecting a pretty big crowd for Thursday night and Ravens Buccaneers. And people want to think about like making some reservations ahead of time for that. Of course. So Thursday night's always a busy night. And now we get to have the Ravens and potentially wash Tom Brady. I don't know. I, on I Thursday am, night. I, so. dude, you know what, Ryan? I hear you saying that. And you have every right to say it. The problem is like, this is still Tom Brady we're talking about, right? And I still I can't do it. I can't convince myself that there isn't a world in which we get to Friday morning and we're all like, "Damn it, he reminded us he was Tom Brady, didn't he?" Like I can't. I've I've seen it too much in my life, you know. I agree. It's hard to uh, really find a stance either way. Is he done? Is he not? But you know, when you put up three points against debatably oh, the the worst so team, worst defense. Not sure what to think about that one, but nope, yeah, right. great crowd on Thursday. Uh, let one of our supervisors, anybody at the sports book, know if you're interested in sitting in the blue chairs for a Thursday night or over the weekend, and we'll hopefully be able to get you sorted. Uh, I believe you can email events at sportssocialmd.com as well if you want to reserve a spot. Ryan Hordisky, appreciate it, man. Thank you for the update. We will see you down there this week in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Thanks, Glenn. Take care, mate. Ryan Hordisky joining us here on Simply the Bets. Let's get ready for a big week. Freaking Jake Paul. God. God. But if you're into it, if that's what you want to do, if you want to go bet Jake Paul, how do you possibly bet? I, I think it, that's, I think that, that I like that line. I think uh, I mean I think Jake Paul wins that. I mean but why do you think Jake Paul because wins? Because he because well, he's I feel like he's probably more in shape. He's he's so much younger and I and he's been and he, he he's actually looked pretty pretty solid in his in his uh fights against Tyron Woodley and whoever else he's so fighting. As the, far as them not being the other two guys that weren't real fighters. So your argument is Anderson Silva's forty seven years old, right? So what could he possibly have to offer? And that's fair. Yeah. And Anderson Silva did not look great in in the dwindling years of no, his mixed martial arts career, right? And then you add into the, the question And he hasn't fought in two years now. Right. And does um, he care, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what that's always what this comes down to for me is who cares? Like who's actually trying to do I think Jake something. Paul's very motivated right who, now. I think the other question is how many rounds is this fight? Eight. It is eight, eight rounds. rounds. It's a little bit more than some of these exhibition fights have been. Mm -hmm. But like if Floyd Well this May one's like real. Like it like these count like this is like they're all Jake Paul's a uh, he all gets his hand raised, you know. They're, that's what they all are. He's they're trying to be all, a real boxer. He's not. He's fighting Anderson Silva. He's 4-0. He's not a real <laughs> boxer. He's doing this. 
He's doing this for attention. He's not trying to be a real boxer. He's not taking fights against real fighters. I, I know. Mean, he, I mean, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, real boxers. Woo. Correct. We'll see what happens when he fights a real boxer. I mean, I mean, even when I, he, even when he was trying to schedule a fight against a real boxer, it wasn't. They, they were backing out. <laughs> well, no, it seemed Rockman couldn't make weight, right? right? Like, I mean, that was the that was the issue with that is he wasn't gonna be able to make weight. Um, he I, still wanted to fight, like he just wasn't gonna be able to make the weight. Um, right. Well, Jake Paul was like he was suggesting other catch weights, but they were still too low for him. Apparently, I don't know. Whatever. I, 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 don't, I don't want to defend Jake Paul at all, but I mean, like, he's not a real fighter, and th- th- it always comes down to w- what matters to these people, right? Like, does it matter that he wins the fight? Does it matter that you know? Do, does Anderson Silva care, or is it just I'm 47 years old? Here's an opportunity for me to get a payday. I'm going to take the payday, and it will be irrelevant to me and to my legacy if I lose to Jake Paul. And I think that part of this equation is the most reasonable answer. The most reasonable answer is Jake Paul, if he loses to Anderson Silva, probably makes it tougher to sell the next fight, right? The next fight. Let me put it in quotation marks. The next fight. The next match. The next boxing match. Anderson Silva who gives a rat's ass, right? Like, you can only do this once. Like, you yeah. can't fight... I mean, I, I guess you could try to fight him again, right? Like, but there's a there's a limit to this. God, I hate everything about... I hate this so much. What, yeah. are, what are you... I mean, I'll be watching. But... What, what, are you, what are you showing me? What is this? <laughs> Did you see the video of their dance-off? Who had a dance-off? Anderson Silva and Jake Paul. Oh, God. <laughs> is it good? Is it, is, it, is it a... I've got it right here. Okay. This place isn't for me, bro. <laughs> This place is not, this is not. Oh, dear God. This is not the world for me, man. I searched Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, and it filled in with, like, fight, and then the second result was dancing. Again, I want to make it very clear. So how can you say they're not real boxers? Shut up. I like, uh, I know a lot of you will choose to do this. This is how you will choose to spend your time, and... I there's nothing I can do about that, right? Like that's your choice. You can you can make it all you want to make it. But and if you do, I would encourage you to do it at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. But you're not going to get me to pretend like I don't hate it. I truly hate everything about this and it is so much a story of our country. You don't have to be good at something. You just have to be well known. That's it. Irrelevant if you have any skills, irrelevant if you have any talent, just have to be well known which isn't to say that jake paul doesn't have some talent i don't know what he does that he's talented i really don't i wish i could i wish i could tell you what he has that's a talent but sells fights sells fights that's again it's because he's well known he's well known that's what he is he's well he's famous he's is he good i don't know he's famous and that's what we've escaped we have lost all ability for good and bad it's just famous that's all that exists it's why we're dressing up like jesse jeffrey dahmer for halloween (laughs) it's why Billy effing McFarland is going to be able to... Did you see this? Billy McFarland is teasing doing another music festival. And we're going to let him. Because he's famous. Because they made movies about him. Because people know who he is. That's Firefest, right? Yes. That guy guy put out a video yesterday teasing another festival. I'm Billy McFarland, and I... I bit off a little more than I could chew last time, but this (laughs) time... I figured it out. (laughs) I want you guys to be a part of it. And for F's sake... We're going to let him. Oh, I went to Bucknell. Who? Billy McFarlane. Why do you care about that? My, I have a friend that goes to Bucknell. What does that have to do with Bucknell? any... Well, now he's going to make fun of me. Now, now all of a sudden he's in on Billy McFarlane. No, no, no. I'm going to make fun of my friend that went to Bucknell. Cause okay, because he's... Yeah, I'm going to say maybe he's 
this, rip, he's ripping this, people this off. This is what we are. And I get it. I'm yelling at a cloud. I understand. I'm the old man. Like, it, this has passed me by. It does not matter if you're good at anything. It does not matter if you're bad at anything. It's just about being famous. I understand. That's the way the world works now. I just, I'm going to choose to lament that. I wish good, like, it, it's the, um, to, 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 man, there was a tweet about this not a time ago. My buddy Kevin Van Valkenburg tweeted about it. Um, uh, yes, the good and bad things are exactly the same. You're 100% right. You've nailed it. Like, is there a difference between something good? You know when somebody, um, my, one of my favorite things is, like, is it is it gay to blank right? That's one of my favorite twi- Twitter like, tropes. Fellas, 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 is it, yeah. is it is it gay to have a clean room? Like, because some dude will be on Twitter like, "Yo, this, this homie's room is way too clean." Your bed's made right, <laughs> and then somebody will retweet it and be like, "Fellas, is it gay to have a clean room?" Um, Rita tweeted one yesterday where like somebody was talking about what why are dudes spending all this time worried about what they smell like, and she's like, "Is it gay to smell good?" Like. <laughs> I love that trope. I, I feel like this is a trope now where it's just, yes, the good and bad things are equal. Yeah. People just like talking crap about things. It's I, we, How can we not objectively say this is horrible? <laughs> because it, I don't know, it's been entertaining for four for fights, for four, four fights now. For you. Yeah. For you. I, I mean. You, you, can, you, you know what? Everything about this makes sense. You're 22 years old. <laughs> Everything about this makes sense. They're famous. I'll watch them do anything. Down in 28 bucks at Taco Bell. 100 percent Good idea. 28. <laughs> this might be a $58 Taco <laughs> yeah, Bell night. Might have to splurge a little. God, it's a big night in this house. It's Jake Paul. And after I make some money, I'll, I'll make it all right back after Jake Paul uh, sits down Anderson Silva in round one. God, I hate. Beats up an old man. <laughs> yeah. I hate everything. I just, this place is not for me. <laughs> I need a new planet. I need something. I need a place where we watch boxers box. If somebody's not like, hey, Jake Paul's got a new song out. No! Well, yeah, Musicians that, that make music, not him! He does it all. I, He's God, a jack of all trades. Damn it. He can dance. He can rap. They just, John Colson just closed the <laughs> yeah. door on me because I'm <laughs> ranting about Jake Paul. The hell. All right. What's your tidbit? Um. All right. So on Saturday we had to, uh, an NHL better pick the entire thirteen game slate of the NHL, and he went thirteen for thirteen. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. He put three dollars and twenty one cents on it. Walked away with ten k. Yeah. I would have been walking away from that one with about twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I would have cashed out immediately. Uh. And then yesterday someone had uh thirty three thousand dollars on the line uh for Patriots money line because they hit a they hit the first. 14 legs of a 15-leg parlay Jesus that they started Christ. on Sunday. They had, like, Lance McCullough strikeouts in there. They had the Giants upset. Why, why they would they five not have cashed dollars. out? They put, always, always, always cash out. They put $5 on it. Would have won 33000 Or they could have hedged with, like, you know, Bears the, Bears. Yeah, but do we know what the cash-out uh, offer was? D- I did not see what, okay. the, what or if there was a cash-out option. Um, he did not take it. Yeah, road that's Patriots. A, that's a rough. So rough lost out on uh, thirty three thousand dollars. Also on Saturday night, uh, someone parlayed five first made baskets, and went five for five. They had Kate Cunningham, Paolo Bancaro, Pascal Siakam, uh, Vuce, Nikola Vucevic, and Luka Doncic to make the first basket. Yeah, I mean, basket like, in each I've, of those respective games. I don't know about parlaying, but I've always liked you know have star play make bet star player to make first basket. I've always liked that. I I cashed out well on uh, what's his face from Kansas in the national title game. Oh, uh, Abaji. Abaji. Yeah, yeah. I cashed out well on Abaji in the national title game. Well, I'm he like, put a dollar on this. 
fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, wait, that's it? A dollar on that? Yeah, it was fifteen thousand. I mean, I guess because like all these guys are like kind of like the second star, I guess. In not the, of really. The game. Like, well, not Luke. Like yeah, Luke Vucevic. Is but yeah, like really Vucevic, I guess. But like Kate Cunning, who the hell else would you be betting on? Him? I don't know. Why well, I, I forgot to look up who they were playing against. But like you know, maybe they were playing against yeah, the Nets right. or something. So all like right. Kevin Durant. All right. Um and then okay so back in April someone put fifty dollars on the Astros to beat the Phillies in the World Series. Oh wow! At twenty five hundred to one. Wow, I'm kind of surprised that it was that. I mean, I get it. Like yeah, those those like, odds are so. Yeah, I mean, all right, fine. You know, so I guess that makes sense. That will pay out one hundred twenty five thousand dollars, fifty dollars oh, bet if it happens. If it happens, right. if it happens, right. But uh, that is a uh, that is a wager to watch. And then finally, uh, this guy. I guess as actually Dr. MMA because he had sh- he parlayed Sugar Sean O'Malley sure to win. Sure, telling you, I know yeah. that much. Lost he had Sean O'Malley to win, which was that was I don't know. I don't, I don't know if O'Malley should have won that fight. That was it was very close. Hey, and still, I don't you, know. You, I, I don't you lost that on that decision. one too. Yeah, because okay. I picked the on. I picked the on. And uh, well, you didn't. You did in the picks we made. You, no, you apparently yeah. made a bet on it. It's not going well for you. Um, then, then he had Aljamain Sterling to win by knockout. That was 11-1. to 1. And then he had Islam Makachev to get a sub in rounds 2, 3, or 4 at plus 460. All three of those came true, and they made... Oh, I didn't put the dollar on it, but I think he won like 10K on it. He put like 25 bucks or something and mm. and mm. made like 10K. But yeah, so that was uh, that was an MMA uh, parlay that, that went through. And that was the last tidbit I also have. Uh, really quickly, the the guy known as Mattress Mac down in Houston apparently had put a ten million dollar bet Who's on the Astros it? to win the World Series. He's so heavy in that game that he has like direct partnerships with yeah. some some of the bigger books. Um, he would stand to make seventy five million dollars on that ten million dollar bet, and the way that he hedges is like if. Like he offers promotions at his mattress stores, where if the Astros were to lose, everybody's got to pay for their mattresses. But if they win, everybody like he's gonna make the ten million dollars back in ten million dollars worth of mattress sales. Like he says, if the Astros win, you don't have to pay for your mattress, mm-hmm. and he's okay because he just made seventy-five, he made 75 million dollars. <laughs> If they lose, you got to pay for your mattress. Well, he's going to make back the ten million dollars that he lost making the bet. It's it's fairly genius as yeah. far as a, a a betting scheme is concerned. It's pretty quite. It's quite smart. I don't like. I don't think that he should be running the country, but like, you know, he's he's been very clever and he gets a boatload. Nobody on the planet knows any mattress salesman in any city in the country. You couldn't name. There is no. Baltimore mattress person that you that's what I was gonna say right? is do, do 10 million dollars worth of people need mattresses in Houston um I think he owns a lot of stores no. like I don't think it's one <laughs> store monopoly of mattresses. yeah right. and I think it goes beyond Houston I think like he owns like mattress stores all over the country so if you've been thinking about a mattress and you know there's a nearly 50 50 chance that you're not going to have to pay for it you're like well I'll buy them from mattress Mac because I'm sure Probably. he has like a gotcha. cult following okay. so, too. Yeah. People who yeah. like so you buy you enter the sweepstakes or whatever I guess, and well, you I, buy your mattress before I, the series ends. He's I'm not like, he's not like giving away free mattresses after the. No, no, no. I think the way that it works is you buy now, uh, right? And okay. it's like okay, you what, know it, the same way the places sense. might offer you like 30 days free or something like that, right? You know? But he'll say is if the Astros win, you never have to pay for your mattress, right? Whereas if the Astros lose, you're you know then this is what you. You're entering into an agreement 
to pay this amount of money got when it, you buy got the mattress. It. All right, makes sense. That makes sense. No, I like that. Yeah, and then if the Astros win, you never have to pay any of it, yeah. right? So if you're somebody who's been needing a new mattress, yeah, if I'm in the mattress, right? Yeah, like if you've I been like thinking about I, I like if you've idea. been thinking about <laughs> mattresses for a while, you're inclined to go buy from that guy because again, you got at least fifty fifty chance. That you're getting a free mattress out of it. Whereas if you buy from Mattress Phil, <laughs> you're paying for it no matter what. You got a zero percent chance of getting a free mattress. And I don't think the mattresses are going to be so different in price that it's worth the trade-off there. So that again, is genius. It it yeah. makes a lot of sense what he's doing. Like it really does make a lot of sense the way that he handles it. And I'm pretty sure he also hedges his bets Pro- all yeah. over the place. Like yeah. I, I I think he's like I I think he's I don't know I I I'm not as interested as some people are. Darren Rovell probably writes about Mattress Mac once every five minutes. <laughs> I'm not quite that interested in him, but I do think that the business practices is intriguing. Um, yeah, and then, oh, and so Trey Mancini's 60 to 1 to hit, a, to hit a home run in the World Series. John and Little Rock was, while we were talking about Trey you know Mancini, what, John, he, said, he said, book it, Trey Mancini's what? hitting a home run. It's 60 I'd, to 1 I'd right put now. five bucks down on that. I'd put five bucks down on Trey Mancini hitting a home run in the World Series just because it'd be cool, right? Yeah. Like, what a cool way to win 300 bucks. I'm all, I'm all for it. Is that it? We got everything? That is everything. Right. That is everything. Thanks to uh, Ryan Hordisky. Thanks also to Aaron Oster. We do have uh, Weekend at Bookies coming up this week. We will be with you Thursday morning at 1140 a.m. Get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland to make your bets this week. May the odds be ever in your favor.